podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. It be, it be sounding all right. Look at you. You're training me. I, I, I actually knew where to go. You know. You make this screw up enough, you know, you kind of, well, I don't, I, I didn't touch anything. I just restarted the stuff the next day. I haven't touched anything in two years, three years or something. I don't know. It's been maybe even longer than that. It's uh, kind of crazy, but hey, you know, we're, we're back. Alarmo, where you at? Okay, there we go. Let's get Alarmo going. He's pumped up. Well, actually, Alarmo was down because, wow, the markets are like, what is it, 400 points I saw? That's not good for us on the crypto side when uh, uh, the, the Dow is down 537 points right now. S&P 73. NASDAQ down a point. So that, uh, of course, is going to affect our beloved crypto market, which we're now hovering around 49 instead of 50. But we will bounce back and stronger than ever, as always. Anyway, it is what it is. Good morning to one and all. Feeling a little better. I'm feeling closer to myself uh, after a week of what I would call hell, pretty much. ton of pain. Um, but uh, actually, this may become something of a blessing for me. Uh, since I've always been a side sleeper, I my the way I, I uh, folded up the bed, because it's one of those beds that you know you can mold a little bit and move it around. And so my wife was like, you need to, you need to lift the back a lot more and, 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 and have more support and less strain on your body and trying to get in position. And so it's kind of very hospital bedish, you know, where you lift it up and, and that kind of stuff. And, and sure enough, yesterday I did it and I, uh, and I actually had a good afternoon nap. And then last night, um, you know, I'm not used to sleeping on my back. I'm always on one side or the other. And with my brace, I haven't been able to do it. It's been a mission. And, and so uh, I was able to lie on my back and, and I actually slept some of the best, you know, some of the best rest I've had probably in a long, long time. So um, I don't know, maybe this is something that I, I am going to continue because it's really, it's really not healthy to be a side sleeper. Or especially a chest sleeper. Those are the, apparently that's the worst for you. Um, but side sleeping is not ideal either. It's ideal as being, you know, chest up and back on the bed. That's the idea. I've never been able to sleep like that ever in my life. And so now in this late stage of my life, I'm trying to develop that. And maybe the only way is to have the bed angled the way it is. So uh, discoveries, you know what I mean? And so uh, it's done well for me. So my right leg pain, uh, the thigh and the hip, all that, that's kind of gone. The knee, I had a little bit yesterday, very little. So it's like the least amount of pain I've had. Now, now my fat ass is dealing with a sore left foot. Why? Because this 260-pound man, 50-something, I don't know, I'm somewhere in that area now because I've lost more weight, but uh, since I've been bouncing around on that foot for a week, <laughs> you know, I 
when I used to play basketball, this is why I, I, I promise you, when I fix this foot, I'm going to go on a workout like madness. I am not going to be out of shape again. No, I'm not doing it anymore. Had an incident with Pat in Asheville at the U2 concert where I just got hyperventilated from running too much. And it wasn't really a long distance. It was stairs more, more than anything else. And then this whole scenario. And I got to get in shape. I got to get in shape. And so uh, that's the one thing. This will be a nice wake-up call physically for me because I need it badly, man. Badly. So sometimes the writing is on the wall and your dumbass has to, like, take, you know, the advice and go with it, right? And I've been really stupid for very long not taking care of my body, and I'm paying the price now. If I would have kept playing basketball, which I love to play, right, and I would have kept hopping and rebounding and doing all the things you do in basketball, do you think the last week I would be in pain from hopping around? No, of course not, because my ankle would have been used to hopping around. But since my ankle's not used to hopping around and carrying all this weight on one ankle, the overcompensation, there you go. So now my foot is like, you know, it's like sore as hell <laughs> and i'm sure that will go away as the weeks pile up because your body gets used to it. you're breaking in all these muscles you know so that's been my life the last week it has not been fun I, I gotta tell you it's not been fun but hopefully i can start getting some decent sleep if this is going to lead to it i haven't slept well in oh god i don't know how many how many decades it's been <laughs> years uh it, it feels like decades but it's been a long long time actually so hopefully this will will help out so that's it the good thing is watching crypto go watching bitcoin go over 50 uh the kryptonite pump the neutron pump the avalanche pump the chain link pump the ethereum pump so you know yeah we're we're getting closer we're 63 days away from the halving so, you know, that there's other things that are going to make me feel a lot better. And, uh, and, and definitely the, uh, the run we're about to have here, we're just starting. We're just getting it going with, uh, with Bitcoin and crypto. It's going to be a beautiful 2024, man. So we got uh, some stuff to talk about. We got some people to talk to. Ira Winderman will stop by at 1030. Uh, we'll talk about the heat. The problems are mounting in a big-time way. And because you didn't take the season seriously like you never do under Jimmy Butler, and I know Jimmy has some personal issues right now and it has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying, prior to this, your lackadaisical ways have created the environment you're in. And so now when you have this kind of adversity, and you're sitting there at the eighth spot, it gets worse because you didn't take care of business. Unlike the Panthers, who actually are true professionals, they take the game seriously. There is no, you know, uh, game management bullshit. There's none of this crap. And they play a much more physical game than the NBA ever will. Okay, the NBA needs to play a 200 game season to equal what hockey does in 82. All right. And there is no load management in hockey. So the heat problems are mounting big time. And, you know, this is 
there there are you have sold your soul miami heat what you used to profess what you used to be you are no longer and that is something that needs to be talked about you're no longer the hardest working team you have not been the hardest working team in a few years now the hardest working team works hard all the time that's the panthers by the way of the winter teams our hardest working team is no longer the miami heat and that's been the case for a while now so you sold your soul to jimmy butler and it's been a great run and maybe we'll have another great run again but you have also erased your identity. And we'll talk to Ira Winderman about that because your identity was that you were the, you know, best in shape team, the hardest working team, all that does not exist anymore. You were the best defensive team out there or one of them constantly. You're no longer that anymore. And as you saw the Jalen Brown and Duncan Robinson incident, you are no longer the tough team that you used to be also, okay? So there's a lot of um, characteristics of the Miami Heat that are disappearing. And I know it's part of today's game, but it was part of the game to a certain extent 5, 10, 15, and 20 years ago. You always had your teams that didn't work hard, but it wasn't the Heat. You always had other teams that weren't tough. Wasn't the Heat. You had other teams that would take shit. Wasn't the Heat. So I'm just saying, you know, things are changing. Things have changed. Players have changed. And so has the Heat organization. It no longer mirrors that organization that, that, that Riley developed and that Spo picked up for several years. Now, lately, it has changed because of the soul searching that you've been doing. And I don't know who, you know, we got to blame it on Riley, right? I mean, because we have to credit Riley for all the success. We're going to have to blame Riley for any of the shortcomings, correct? We have to be fair here. So you sold your soul to certain players that can't play defense, which is not the heat way. You sold your soul to have a superstar that isn't working harder than everybody else. I'm not used to that. I'm used to Dwayne Wade falling, you know, seven times, getting up eight. I'm used to Alonzo Mourning with the scowl and those elbows and never say die attitude. That is what I grew up watching. And while the Jimmy Butler personal issue is tragic, it is horrible that he has to go through it and our prayers are for him and his family it sucks that to watch terry go through his injury the good thing is it's not as serious uh the jay rich dislocation just this is all bad luck okay it's all bad luck but setting aside the bad luck where you're at you're 28 and 25 why are you 28 and 25 because you didn't give a shit about the regular season. And so now you have no room for error. And so when things happen, and shit will happen, 
as you've watched. I'm sorry, uh, Sean, did Barkov not go? Did he just not go through like a month or two without scoring a damn goal or something like that? Did the Panthers lose all the time? No, no, they, they kept winning, right? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So their superstar doesn't even score goals, and they continue to win. I wonder why. Maybe some guy named Reinhardt or something. I don't know. Some guy named Kachuk or something. I, I have no idea. Is there a Lamborghini in the house? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not exactly sure. I, it's not like I watch the Panthers, right? I mean, you know, it's like you watch the Panthers and you watch the Heat and you're like, the Panthers took from the Heat what the Heat used to do and now they're blueprinting it and now they're doing it now every year and the Heat is going backwards. They're no longer that team that, you know, we we idolize and respected because of the way, you know, the Shula teams. It's kind of, there, there are certain coaches, Larinaga, you know, there are certain coaches, Riley, there are certain coaches that you, you, you knew what you were getting and you knew what the player, they make a mistake or two, of course, because everybody's human, but more often than not, your team was going to make less mistakes. Your team was going to outwork the other one. Your team was going to be more physical than the other one. Your team wasn't going to take shit from other people. It's not the heat anymore. So, anyway, I, I just go by what I see, and it's just not what I'm used to, unfortunately. You know? But we'll have uh, Ira Winderman here at the bottom of the hour, and we'll uh, we'll talk about all these issues. Uh, he back in action tonight against the Bucks. They're already uh, an eight-point dog in this one. Let's see what happens tonight. Uh, Duncan's even questionable with uh, with the arm injury. Uh, Panthers and Penguins on Wednesday. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, what else? We got some Dolphin stuff I want to get into. Super Bowl. There's uh, an interesting talking point that nationally, locally, everybody's going off on. I think we're kind of... Uh, losing track on it i want to get into it a little bit and uh and also something that we are watching on the super bowl stage that affects mike mcdaniel and uh we'll get into that also on the show uh i'll tell you what i'll tell you when i'm right and i'll tell you when i'm wrong okay i was convinced travis kelsey was gonna retire they would win it. And I thought that was part of his intensity, even when he got into, you know, uh, Reed's face. Like, uh, I'm sure he was saying, like, you know, get me the damn ball. I want to win this game, whatever. You know, intensity gets the best of all of us at one point or another. And luckily, they won. So that, that incident didn't get magnified too much. But um, I thought for sure he was going to retire. I thought, you know, this guy's in love. This guy's got human he, his body's been beaten up. He's 34 years old. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, you know what? I got to change that. I'm wrong about that too, right? Because these morons, they didn't put in a first-time first ballot Hall of Famer, Antonio Gates. So I, I don't know. Our voters are kind of freaking stupid. 
Just got to say, Hall of Fame voters, you people are shameful. You're embarrassing. Okay? You're an absolute embarrassment leaving Antonio Gates out. Some people deserve their right. Give it to them, dude. You know, Antonio Gates, whenever Kelsey retires, and Kittle, you know, these are, Gronk, these are elite of the elite. We are blessed that we were in this zone of just amazing tight ends. So when certain people retire, you just give them the damn honor already. There's no reason to wait. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe Travis Kelsey doesn't get in on the first ballot with these morons. I mean, he does have championships, something that Antonio Gates didn't win, but it's not his fault. My God, it was third down. You knew Antonio Gates was going to get the ball, and you still couldn't stop it. You still could not stop it. If that's not the, the definition of a Hall of Famer, like, I'm coming at you, I'm Jim Brown, and you're not stopping me. I'm Walter Payton, and I'm putting this helmet right in the center of your chest. I'm going to put you on your ass, and then I'm going to run 15 more yards. Like, you know, there are certain people that are just what they are, and there's no reason for us to make them wait. None. Derek Jeter retires, put his ass in the Hall of Fame right away. We don't need to wait. Mariano Rivera retires, don't waste any goddamn time. The second it's the, the the second the five year ticks right I think it's five years it put his ass right in, you know just certain people there it's just it is what it is give them their respect they earned it Antonio Gates earned it so I was wrong about Travis Kelsey retiring this year because he talked about repeating right so he's gonna come back but I'm also wrong about him being a first ballot Hall of Famer it is in my eyes but. I don't know. We got some idiots that are voting and uh, I, I can't I can't help you. You know, I can't help the idiots that vote. You know what I mean? Anybody that didn't have Antonio Gates as a first ballot, we should strip you of your vote. That's all we should strip you of your vote because you didn't watch the game at all. That guy was unstoppable. It's the one thing you knew that you always had to be prepared for. Besides LaDainian Tomlinson for a short time there for, what, seven, eight years, nine years he had this run. Antonio Gates had a run for, I don't know, what is it, 14, 15 years or whatever? Just something stupid. And every time the Dolphins played him, it was just one of those that you knew it was coming, dude. And that guy was, and, and our team would struggle covering tight ends on average during his era. Perfect timing for that. Anyway, so I was definitely wrong about Travis Kelsey retiring. Got that one wrong. Uh, so good for him. He's going to come back. That's, uh, that's, I mean, listen, three-peat is something special. Nobody's done that, you know? Our Dolphins had the chance. We screwed up the first one. You know, that's just kind of that. That was that was the team that had a chance for a three-peat. We lost the first one and then won the second and the third. But Miami had a beautiful chance for a three. They did a three-peat appearance. That's been done before, but nobody's actually won all three in a row. 
And Kansas City can definitely do that next year. I mean, why would anybody doubt Kansas City? I, I don't know. Some of you. I, I, I was laughing. I got to say, I was laughing at a ton of you in the Baltimore week. I'll give you a break with San Francisco because they have like an actual passer. But like, you know, like you haven't watched all these years before with Lamar in these moments. Like when he runs into a real quarterback, it's just, you know, whatever. You know, they ran into a rookie and a team that was just happy to be there in the Houston Texans. Fabulous job, you know, for D'Amico Ryans. But that was a perfect team to play in the first round. And all you or all these people, oh Lamar and the and the Ravens easily. Oh yeah, they'll take care of the Chiefs. What the hell were you people watching? Like that was the easy. Like this past week, I'm 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 in the middle of the game on Sunday, and you're gonna keep giving me more points. And I've got Pat Mahomes. Let's go, dude. Let's go. It's a beautiful thing. You want to be this stupid? Let's go. You you gave me seven in that game. I had the Chiefs plus seven on the live line. I just kept doubling and tripling the bed and just, you, you want to do this? Great. I love my investment. Same thing I do in crypto. If I love the investment and it's going down, I'm buying even more. So when it returns, it's exploding. Because you bought it at its low. And its low was, I think, I don't know, did any anybody get more than my my uh, plus seven in the, the Chiefs? I, at least for me, and I was kind of on top of it watching it because I always do. I watch the live line. Um, I uh, I took the plus seven. I, I jumped all over that shit. That was beautiful, man. So it's a beautiful thing. All right, what do we got here? Uh, Steve Chapman is number one. I hope your pain is subsiding. It is. It is. And one leg and then increasing in another foot. Uh, you, uh, feeling better today? Pump that BTC. Yes, sir. Eric Trujillo is in the house. He says crypto to the moon. Uh, Ray, thank you very much. Jamie Zoria out in San Jose reminding everybody to smash that like button. Please smash it. Time spent watching is very important. It's the most important thing you can contribute outside of visiting great sponsors like Top Gun Indoor Range, which, by the way, in March, we're going to have another shooting competition. So get ready. We're going to give you the date uh, by the end of the week. We will have the date for you. I wanted to do it by the end of February, but, you know, there's like a foot problem with me. So we're going to do it towards the end of March instead. So we'll have some fun there. Uh, let's see. Joseph is in Kyle Cockrell. Yes, sir. Kyle's happy of the 50 K on the Bitcoin. Gus Gus 1388 Cosa Nostra. Steven Gonzalez. First and foremost, hope you're feeling well, my brother with a speedy recovery. Oh, the Marlins are a piece of crap organization until I see new ownership is done. Yeah. And you're not going to get new ownership because he's happy making his money and taxes and all that. And you saw the uh, Jorge Soler thing. You know, it's the Marlins are what they are, dude. And they can try to talk anything else, but it's it's what you do. Your actions are, are going to show us what you really are. Nico Jones is in. Taylor Roush. Never, never seen this name on here. Hope everyone's doing well. Good luck with the healing process, Big O. Thank you, Taylor. Eric Scott in. 
No more football for a while. Let's go Panthers. Amen to that, sir. I saw Cam Wake is under consideration for Hall of Fame. Why doesn't Richmond Webb get consideration? Because he didn't win. That's it. It's not that he didn't have a Hall of Fame-worthy career. He did. And But when you don't win, it doesn't get magnified. It's what I told you about Antonio Gates not getting in as a first ballot. It's ridiculous. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Problem is, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And they passed him up this past year for the first. He should have been in with this class because there's no doubt. Yet they passed him up. What are you going to do? You know, it, it's just, it's weird. Why? Antonio Gates has no Super Bowls. Travis Kelsey will get in right away. And both, I'm not going to tell you Kelsey's just that much better than Gates or Gates that much better than Kelsey or anything. They're both amazing. They both are first ballot, no doubt. But Kelsey has the championships. And that's just the way we treat the players. It's not fair. Just because you're a Hall of Famer, and it's not your it it's not your fault you didn't end up in a situation that didn't end up with a Super Bowl or a World Series or an NBA title or whatever it is. Mitch Richmond killed himself in Sacramento, carrying that franchise every stinking year until he got out of hell. Was he a Hall of Famer? Hell yeah, he was a Hall of Famer. Just watch his ass. I mean, but it's not his fault he ends up in Sacramento. You know, it's just it, it, shit happens, man. But we 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 penalize the players for it at times. And Antonio Gates is a perfect example of Hall of Fame voting this past week. So Richmond Webb, no titles, no real big success. The one trip to the Super Bowl. Okay. By the way, wait a minute. The one trip to the Super Bowl, was he part of it? Hmm. I'm not sure. Can you look that up, Sean? Now I'm trying to think about it. Was Richmond Webb part of the Super Bowl team in 1984? I'm not sure now, actually. If it is, it's barely close. But I want to say he might not have been the, the starting left tackle on that Super Bowl. I'm not sure now. Anyway. All right, let's get to a little basketball. We got some issues, unfortunately. Uh, Ira Winderman's been covering these issues from day one for the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Let's get to our Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report next. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. Here's Ira Winderman. Right. Some of you are telling me that I'm right, that he wasn't there. So, uh, right, right, Ira? What Richmond wasn't there for that Super Bowl. Right, right, like you're asking me here in Milwaukee without my computer on. So I, I'll leave that up to you, Big O. I, I, I trust the shit out of you, dude. You can talk about sports. Get the hell out of here. You've got to give me the show pre-prep sheet. I, I, I didn't know I was coming to this. This just happened just out of some guy asked. You know what I mean? But I trust you when it comes to sports. You follow everything, dude. So you're not, you're not one of... Because normally a lot of riders are kind of tunnel vision into their own sport and their own team because that's what they cover all the damn time. They don't really have a lot of time. But you, Jason Cole, 
there's been a couple of guys that I've run into over the years that you can talk them all. And you're well, one the of- one thing I'll say to your point before I came on with the record Pembroke Pines report is this whole thing of are you a Hall of Famer because you won a championship or not? Unless you're an individual sport, the Boxing Hall of Fame, the Tennis Hall of Fame, the Golf Hall of Fame, where it's you. These are team sports. And yes, a player should elevate a team. I get that, Big O. But you can only elevate so much. And exactly. and, and and let's face it. If Jordan didn't have Pippen and Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson alongside, there would not have been that right. There wouldn't have been. Because I know it was late in his career. We saw in Washington a different player. But you see that all the time. You need everything around you. talking about is, is, uh, is Rory Sparrow and Orlando uh, – Orlando Woolridge. Sure. And, and, you, and he scores – 50 and you lose by 60 against the Celtics. You know, that that's that's what used to happen to Jordan. Right. Coach, right. coach, coach by our friend Kevin Lockery. Exactly. Right. You, you you need team sports are so different that honestly, I throw it out the window when it comes even, you know, even all-stars, people say you have to have a winning record or where do you stand? People are going to talk now about whether uh Victor Wembanyama should be rookie of the year or defensive player of the year. Hey, you do what you can the best you can but you're also drafted into circumstances. And when you're drafted into a circumstance, hey, like a Tua, with a coach like Brian Flores who doesn't trust you, you wind up in a different situation. You have to have, matter of fact, the best word is chemistry. And if you don't have that chemistry, it doesn't matter how great a player you are. But again, the hall is for individuals. Team championships are for teams you all share in the rings. That's the difference. Does it enhance your legacy? Of course it does. But it has to be right place, right time, just as much for players. So, Like I just, right before you came on, Mitch Richmond. We used to watch him kill himself in Sacramento. And you can only lift the king so much in those days. And he did what he did. Then when you put him with better players. Sure, run TMC with Golden State and Tim Hardaway. And and you wind up in those situations. But you know what? It's also a case of when you can look at the Carmelones, the Charles Barkley, the John Stocktons. Not everyone wins a championship. Look, Dan Marino. You know, you go back to that. Well, Dan's not a champion, so he's not a great quarterback. I don't know. I saw him in every Super Bowl commercial. He must have a certain degree of greatness there also. And you know what? If Lionel Messi doesn't doesn't win the championship this year, he's still a damn pretty good player. Just the team you're on. That's right. And Webb was drafted 90, so it's him. So they didn't even make it to that Super Bowl run. So that's the, that's the reason why Webb has probably no shot at making, unless it's like a veteran type of thing, you know, down the line. All right. So let's get to this. Sure. Um, terrible, terrible luck, obviously. Jimmy, terrible personal issue, unfortunately. Terry, bad good news, I guess, right? Because it's only a knee Could have been worse. The old could have been worse. And, and, and you know what? The good news also is the timing. The Heat have an eight-day All-Star break. There is right. a chance Terry Rozier could w- miss more than two weeks and only miss three games because of the way the Heat schedule is. Because they come back, they play at New Orleans to start a road trip on a Friday, and they're off that Saturday, Sunday. So he could wind up two full weeks away and missing three games. Tommy's not the worst there. Josh Richardson, I think, more two to probably four weeks. But again, not as critical to the overall picture for the Heat. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. And then obviously the Jay Rich uh, stuff, which got I I felt pain when yes. he's writhing in pain on the floor because you right away you knew it was serious. Obviously, so this is terrible. But you know the part that kind of bothers you a little bit is guys, if you would have taken the regular season seriously from the get go and built up a better record, had the you buffer. just 
yeah, you just have no room for error. You're looking at the standings. You're at number eight. I hope this Terry situation turns out to, you know, develop the way you said, where he only misses a couple games and it doesn't affect his return that he can get back to form and help the team out a little bit because this team has no room for error. It's almost the rest of this season is almost like you're in a playoff intensity mode. But they, to- but they still won't play it that way because of the play-in and how they got back last year. But you're right, Big O. Right now, the Heat situation, they are number eight. They would start the play-in on the road at Orlando. If they lose that game, they'd come home, play the winner of Atlanta, Chicago. It, it's almost like Groundhog Day. Like we're back to where we were last year in the same situation. The teams you're chasing, let's be honest. We'll be honest right now. You're not catching Boston. You're not catching Milwaukee. And as much as it pains you to say it, you're not catching New York. You're not catching Cleveland. So there's two spots left there to catch Indiana or Philly. Well, tomorrow would have been the perfect opportunity. In Philadelphia, without Joel Embiid, you're going with Butler. You're going with Rozier. You're going with Richardson. You gain a game, except you don't have those three. So what's set up as a favorable situation without Embiid, not so much anymore for you. So if you don't catch Philly or you don't catch Indiana, you're in the play-in. So, so you're right. They are in a subset of playoffs. Look, I I would say this, Big O. Maybe you'll disagree. This team doesn't have a Reinhardt. When Kachuk is out, there is no Reinhardt. And there's no power play also. They don't play a lot of five on four. But that's a story for another day. So, but so you, when, you know what the analogy means. Yes, okay? I do. But I also know this, Big O. Big O, matter of fact, I'm going to put this on your plate now. I still believe this. If the Heat make the final eight in the playoffs and get into the playoffs, except for the Celtics, I do not believe there's not another team the Heat can't beat in a best of seven. Boston, I think, is with Porzingis' height against the Heat has separated themselves. But you know what? I'll go against Doc Rivers as the Bucks coach. I've seen him coach in the playoffs. Yeah. I'll go against the happy-to-be-here New York Knicks that are going to drop streamers when they win a single playoff game, let alone a playoff series. I'll go against the glad-to-be-here Cleveland Cavaliers, those other top four teams. So I think as long as the Heat can avoid number eight, because it seems pretty clear now Boston's going to be number one, yeah, I go into any other series with the Heat and feel I have a shot. You have to avoid number eight. Yeah, well, but Mickey's also got to hate this because less home games, less money for for the team, too. That's the other thing that uh, I know uh, Heat, uh, not Heat, NBA owners love their home games. No, uh, home playoff games, you know, is, is part of it. The deep playoff run matters. Here's another thing. Do the Heat spend the money, about $600,000 or so, to even add a player on a 10-day contract? They pay about $200,000, but because of the Heat's tax position, it's more you need bodies now. Even a Jamare Bouye, say what you want. You just need bodies without Rozier, without Richardson. So it'll be interesting to see, with Richardson out, with Rozier out, do they bring in another player? Do they spend more? Do they put it all on Alondis Williams, Mr. 50-point G League, to come in here? This will show how committed they are to the moment. But you know here in Milwaukee, Eric Spolcher is going to walk out this evening and go, we have enough. God bless him. Yeah, I know. Um when you when you made this Jimmy a move and we start to look at heat characteristics, you were always the hardest working team. You're no longer the hardest working team anymore. Uh, the toughness. Well, I don't know if this is the, the toughest team out there when it comes to defense. This was always a great defensive franchise. 
again, you've inherited a lot of uh, players that characteristically just don't bring a lot of defense to the table. So there's a lot of, you know, a, a lack of balance out there, which really was not something that happened during the Riley era and the early parts of the Spo era. Now, I'm not blaming this necessarily on Spo. I'm blaming this on the general malaise of the NBA, the player that, that, that kind of the NBA has developed now, unfortunately. But it's that's the kind of – this is why you're in these constant holes now. The characteristics that we kind of grew up loving and admiring from what Pat Riley to Eric Spolstra, those characteristics have kind of dried up a little bit, and they're not – met to the same standard let's put it that way well they haven't brought in those kind of players and i think when you look at that you also look at the power rotation and your tough guys and let's face it this is a smallish undersized team you know it's interesting I, I i figured we might get to this debate so i'll sort of jump in here people were ripping bam for not getting in jalen brown's face for shaking uh, hands with jason tatum after look in a game when you didn't have jimmy butler and two other players the worst thing would have been for your leading man to get ejected in that game Bam did have to pull back to a degree and not get in the middle of the scrum. They needed him in that game. This isn't Udonis Haslam playing four minutes a season, going against Dwight Howard, getting kicked out two minutes in. This is a different situation. But I think what the Heat lack, because they lack that defensive presence at the rim, you can see it. Every game when Bam goes out, Kevin loves your biggest big man. They're attacking the rim. I would attack the rim. You can't be the biggest, toughest, meanest, nastiest. When you don't have biggest, toughest, meanest, nastiest in your rotation, I still think they needed another Heat big man. Look, Big O, you remember this. There was a time when Dwayne Dedman came in, he was very good at what he did. He was the big muscle guy they needed during that season. Even last season, look, Cody Zeller flamed out in the playoffs, but he was a big body. There were so many times you see the Heat beaten over the top. Eric Spolstra said it after Sunday, those offensive rebounds, Boston gets the ball back. We've got to do something. You know what? You can't be big as mean as nasty as toughest and play small ball. You can't. Mike D'Antoni's sons were not biggest, toughest, meanest. They were playing small ball. You need to have a bit more of a balance. I think the roster construction this year, once Thomas Bryant absolutely flamed out, and with Orlando Robinson not quite ready, and I don't mean this in a mean sort of way, but with Nikola Jovic on the softer side, just because he's 21, just because he's still learning how to yeah. play the game, he's not going to be a badass mf -er. I get that. Plus, let's be honest, how many bad MFers come from Europe? Okay, keep keep, keep going. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. You know Go what? I, I, would put, I would put Nikola Jokic in there because I yeah. think he – only because he weighs 320 Correct. pounds, he can just push everybody aside. But um, I would have to go back. Let's go. Let's get away from a 300 pounder. I'll go back to Drazen Petrovic. Yes, for a backcourt workout. Yeah, I'm gonna go. If you want me, if you want me to find a tough, hard-nosed European player, that's that mofo right yeah, there. No. It, Outside it, it, of that. They don't exist. They no, I, wrote really a story don't. This, I wrote a story this year. I spoke to Boyan Bogdanovich from the Hawks, and I said, why, why is Nikola such a nice guy? He goes, it's the culture. It's who we are. These are countries that went through war and had enough of that and wanted to establish a decorum and a peace, and you see a different nature in players, especially now. Bam isn't dropping any hammer. That's not, that's not who he is. He's not this guy. Young, this guy, not old, this guy, young, this guy. He's not, that's not who he is. 
He's not PJ Brown. You know, it, it's just there's there's a different type of the gear, lineage. Right? The lineage has changed of who they brought in. You tend to go more these days for skill in the NBA because you're not allowed to touch another player anyway. So you're not going to have your Rick Mahorns. You're not going to have your McFilthy McNasties with Jeff Ruland. It's a different era and a different time. But I do agree, sort of like you see even in hockey, you do need an enforcer type of player for a just-in-case moment like we saw on Sunday. And again, the Heat have an open roster spot, so they certainly can get that kind of player if they wanted I love how Heat Nation said they were shocked that UD didn't run out of the stands because he was at the game on Sunday. So, yeah, different time, different player, different roster, and all that stuff you see scribbled on the lane with these new culture jerseys and the culture court probably doesn't define this Heat team particularly well. I do agree with that. All right, let me uh, piss off the really uptight Heat Nation Yay. out there for just a little bit. I don't mean anything bad by it, to be quite honest, but they will take it that way, unfortunately. Uh, I love Jaquez being in the dunk contest because it's fun for him. Get that shit out of your system early on in your career. I don't. Re I know he can dunk, but I don't really look at him like he's going the to dunker, right. help me with all kinds of dunks. But what I do look at it as, I look at the NBA saying, hey, we don't get a lot of big names, but that dude is marketable as a young dude. Everybody around the league already knows him. He's winning Rookie of the Month honors like it's going out of style. He might not be the best dunker, but he actually brings a name to a competition that has no names anymore. So I actually thought business-wise, it was genius by the NBA to put Haquez there. Overall, it's selfish for me as a Heat fan that he's there. Great. But in the big picture, I just think it was more of a, a business tool and really smart on their part because well, a lot to do with it. And just the fact that he is a Mexican-American, the Hispanic angle that plays the NBA markets. They sell. I agree with that. I still am concerned that this is a player less than two weeks removed from a severe groin injury playing in a dunk contest who's going to try to use all his adrenaline to get all pumped up for that. Granted, they're going to have four days off at five days off after that competition. But again, you're not even dunking against Obi Toppin. You're dunking against his brother. You're not even dunking against an NBA player. You're dunking against Mac McClung, a G League player for the Osceola or whatever they're called these days, Magic and Orlando's, Orlando's farm team. So you're in a different place. Jalen Brown's going to be there. So I think instead of, of Jaime dunking, I think he should choke him out when Jalen Brown goes up. But hey, that's just me talking here. It, it's... I don't mean this in a bad way. It's a garbage competition. I love the three-point shooting contest because it's real and what players do anyway. I think the Steph Curry-Sabrina shootout will be fun because it brings a WNBA legend out there. You can have some fun with it. The dunk contest is tired, and unless you get – it's All-Star Weekend. Unless you get the best of the best, what are you getting out there? So they'll try to hype it up, and maybe Jalen Brown, because he's an All-Star, gives it a name. But I just think the time has come and gone. All the dunks have been done. We're past yeah. that dunking era. It's a different time in the NBA. Give us a skills challenge. Give us something that's silly and fun. God bless Jaime. Hope he wins. Not a big deal if he doesn't. Sorry, kitties, that you missed Dr. J and Larry Dance Nance and Dominique Wilkins and Mike. Connie Hawkins. Connie Hawkins. Throwing Connie Hawkins. Yeah, and Connie Hawkins. Sorry, kids. You missed the real dunk contest with the real superstars competing yeah. in it. You know, with Larry Bird just going like this and just just like that. You know, just it's a 
it's a beautiful thing. All right, what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out? You know, Duncan Robinson finally came around, had a good game Sunday. I talked to him what it was like, that concussion in New York, didn't know he have, had one. And again, that's a scary thing for players because he thought he had a headache. He thought he was ill. His head slammed to the court in Madison Square Garden. He said, only now is he feeling better because of that. And now you got Jalen Brown trying to rip a socket out of his arm. So now he's questionable tonight here in Milwaukee with a strained elbow, strained shoulder. No, no crap. You know, after what happened to him, you can understand that. Obviously, yeah. shorthanded going in. Looking at the possibility of who the Heat might add with these players being out now, I think a 10-day contract is most likely. Maybe, like I mentioned, Jamari Bouye coming back. They could look at other rights. I think you sit back and you wait for the buyout market. Doesn't DeLon Wright come, come available? Is there another player, especially someone willing to take a 10-day contract, or do you just try to weather this? And my ask, Ira, today at SunCentral.com was, is Bam tough enough? Does he show enough of that muscle and grit? And my thought is this. He doesn't have to. But someone does. Matter of fact, I'm going to put this on your plate right now because you hit me with the Richmond Web one. Right now, if you had a pick from the Heat players, Orlando Alzagari in our Accurate Pembroke Pines report, who is the toughest Heat player on this roster right now in your view? It's Jimmy Butler by miles and miles and miles. It's even, not as even... A, even as a perimeter wing player, yeah. Yeah, no, everything. He's just the the... He's the only guy, because he's the only star on the team, which I keep telling all you people this, stars can turn it on and turn it off. Stars can impose their offensive will. He's the only player on the Miami Heat that can do what Bosch and LeBron and Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway and Wade, the, you know, like the real stars we've had here. Right. The only guy, and that's what I've been trying to explain to you all for years now. I love Bam. He's a super role player. Is well, what he is. Stars impose their will. He can't do it. And the it's other not- tough guy I would have mentioned, just because he's such a dirty MF, for might have been Kyle Lowry, because he's kind of like Isaiah like. There'll be a fight and he won't punch you in the face, but he'll shove you from the back and walk away. He was that kind of guy. So young Lowry. Yeah. Young Lowry. This yeah. Lowry. Well, looks a little more- slower, a little different times. Maybe we'll see him tomorrow in Philadelphia, but he was the guy. So interesting young time Lowry for looks the- like with a boot right now, you know, after foot surgery. So, right. yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. So, again, tough road trip tonight here in Milwaukee. Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back, but the Heat got in late with travel problems tomorrow in Philly. Then you regroup, see what you have, but I agree. The Heat put themselves behind the eight ball because they lollygagged through too many games. Now it's going to be this real 30-28 game fight to the finish that it shouldn't have to be, but they have no other choice. So you're finally with me on the Super role player thing? No, because I think, honestly, Big O, Honestly, here, if you're watching your screen, I think Bam has gone like this this year. I think there were even times you agreed. When Bam, yeah. was, when Bam was at his best and had that real good run, say, in December and was rebounding and was scoring and was saying, give me the goddamn ball because I'm going to freaking dunk the ball. I'm going to get to the foul line for 10 free throws, for 20 free throws. I'm going to get there. He was a different player. So right now we're riding the Bam coaster, but I do see a high point for him where if he reaches his height, He's more than a super role player. All right. Let's hope so. Because uh, we've been waiting. How, how long is it now? Seven years? Six years? Yeah. Been waiting for that. Right. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heat Catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Better yet, subscribe. Ira, have a fantastic week and safe travels, my friend. Because you're you traveling. Next week during the All Star break and our accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O. Thank you, sir. There you go. Ira Winderman. Excellent, excellent conversation as always. Uh, By the way, how many of you have crossed over finally with me? 
super role player. You know, I, I, you, you can't keep thinking Bam is a franchise superstar. They may pay him like that, but he's not. He's a very important player. Very good player. He's a super role player. He's not a superstar. He's not a franchise game-changing player. He's a super support player. He can help you in all the other ways. But he doesn't have what you know, what Ira was talking about with Bam. Well, like he played in December that I was like, whoa, is this uh, the new Bam? And, you know, he went back to being Bam. And that's just not the case, unfortunately, for this team. This team, th th this is not going to help them and put them over the top. And this is why they've had great runs. But because Jimmy doesn't have that other SOB next to him, Bam doesn't have any SOB in him. He's such a great human being. He just doesn't. You know, Alonzo Mourning was a good dude, but a son of a bitch. Like, he played with an edge, dude. I dealt with his ass every day. And he was awesome. But there were moments that the dude was moody. Zoe can be moody. Tim Hardaway could be moody. Terrific dudes. But they had an edge to them. They, had, they expected something. They wanted the ball. They needed the ball at the end of the game. And if they missed, you didn't want to be within 30 feet of those people. In losses, we did not look forward to, you know, huddling around Alonzo Mourning. That wasn't fucking fun. It's not fun talking to Tim Hardaway about losing. It's not fun watching or talking to Jason Taylor about losing or Zach Thomas. These kind of people, it, it, it fuels them, dude. It, it gives them rage. They want revenge. They feel like Graciela, which I started watching. Very overrated. Entertaining. Not great. Just entertaining. If you want to be entertained, watch it. But anyway, you know, just vindictive. You know, just people like, like if 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 the season ended that way, they probably carried it throughout the entire offseason. Bam's not that, that that dude, bro. Bam's not that dude. James Posey would have been right in Jalen Brown's face for doing that to Duncan Robinson. In fact. Jalen Brown would not have done that to James Posey or to Keith Askins or to certain Heat players because he would have gotten punched in the mouth by Udonis Haslam. You know, there are certain guys that, that we've had here on this team for years that just aren't going to take your shit. P.J. Brown is not going to take your shit. So the characteristics of the Miami Heat have changed. And unfortunately, they have not done a good job uh, of finding their their player anymore. I think Jaquez is their kind of player. I do. I think he has SOB in him. I think it will develop with time. 
you know, because he's got it, you know, he's got other people, bigger names in front of him. He's got a kind of, there's a pecking order and all that. And the next couple of years as the team evolves and he climbs the pecking order, I think he's got a little some bitch in him. That's what I see with that guy. But there's not enough. There's just not enough on the Miami Heat. There aren't enough sons of bitches. That's the problem. That is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Welton Realm, we love talking about Welton Realm. Yes, sir. 954-966-4646. Bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. They're in Hollywood. All right. Excited for their moving. Uh, they're getting some new offices. Really nice offices. I like what they're doing. And uh, they've been in Hollywood for a long time. They uh, they also will service anywhere, all throughout Florida. We've got we've got a listener that of ours in Orlando that hired them, listeners in the Keys that are hiring them, all over Palm Beach, Collier County, you name it, they're calling because they listen to the show, they watch the show. We got people watching all over the country, all over the state of Florida. 954-966-4646. If you think you've got a case or you don't know for sure because you and I don't know the laws, I ain't going to argue law because I don't know it. You know what I mean? You call Welton Realm. You call the professionals. Consultations completely free. Ask for Jeff Welt. Explain your situation. He's going to tell you if you've got it. In fact, one of you, okay, one of our listeners, I don't know the name. He didn't tell me the name. But one of you called last week or the week before. It was two weeks ago because last week I, I went through my uh, stuff. It was a week before, and um, he couldn't help you. But he led you to a lawyer that could because it was a specific type of case. He told them, you have a case, but that's not my specialty. Let me lead you to somebody that that's their specialty. So he, that's how decent of a human being he is, that if they somehow it's like some odd case or something, he can even lead you to the person that can help you out. That's just amazing. And that's what you're going to Jeff Walt and Daniel Rayom are just absolutely awesome people. Daniel Rayom, by the way, is a stunt pilot. All right. Jeff Walt, big music guy. He's getting big into crypto, too. So you can talk to him about crypto if you want. And of course, he loves his music. So uh, you can uh, reach out to Jeff, talk about your case and talk a little music. 954-966-4646. All right, let's see what I got here on the uh, chat board. Remember, you can always make a donation to the show at Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. NorCal, thank you, sir. And by the way, um, uh, Sean uh, confirmed that 1990 is when uh, Richmond Webb was uh, drafted. So, yes, he wasn't there for that Super Bowl uh, run. Uh, let's see. Journey last night was awesome. If you close your eyes, you'd think it was Steve Perry. Yeah. Uh, um, what's it called? Um, Arnell Pineda does an excellent job. I've seen this journey several times. Uh, was Toto good? Cause that's, uh, I, and by the way, one of our listeners, God bless you, dude. I don't know if I should say your name on air or not. Um, but he offered me a pair of tickets and a parking pass and everything, to the concert last night and i told him dude i'm on one leg and i don't feel like hopping over to a concert and all that and you know it was just i'm not there i'm not oh god i would have loved to have gone to that concert to see journey but i also wanted to see toto 
because Steve Luthiker has still been able to keep together uh, a, a really good band. And, and, and Toto still sounds great from all the videos I've seen. I've never seen Toto personally. And I know it may not be the original lineup, but you still have Steve Luthiker, uh, you know, driving it. And he is the he always was the driving force for them. Uh, so I I, uh, I hope Toto was good, too, because to me, that combination of Toto and Journey. Damn, dude, that's a great night. Zero, uh, zero gravity position on the bed. That's what exactly what's going on with me. Right. That's what my wife uh, got me to do. She's amazing. Slow and steady, Big O. I got an easy program for you. Well, uh, I definitely got to do it, NorCal, and I am doing it. I am doing it. I'm already losing weight. I've already lost. I, I should be close to 20 pounds already of, of weight loss. So uh, we're, but, you know, you, early on you lose water weight. It's really easy to lose. It's after you get through the first 20, it's when it really starts to become a challenge. You know what I mean? But thank you. I know you're always looking out for him, uh, NorCal. You're the best, dude. Uh, Giovanni is in the house. Curtis Johnson is in the house. Thank you, sir. Magnesium is king of sleep. Take magnesium at night. Drink it or something? Is that what we're doing here? I've never heard of that. Share Bear says thumbs up. Okay. Bring to me load management sounds like the passing of most work on your teammates. Exactly. Uh, listening, watching the, the snowfall from the office, dreading the cleanup when I get home. Hang in there, Christian. Love South Florida. Barkov, though, hustled and he had two to three assisted game helping. No, I, I, I know, but it's still, you know what I'm saying? One of your superstars in scoring, somebody's got to pick up the. If Jimmy doesn't carry you, who's going to carry you? You know what I mean, Giovanni? That's my point. And so you got to impose your will. And Bam cannot do that. He doesn't. It's just not in him. Man of a thousand five holds. Armando V. Chimp Shock. Earl Campbell. Yes, sir. Think Blue Dodgers. Finn Fan TV. James Vivinetti. Looking forward to Sean's thoughts on Raw tonight's episode of the Squared Circle Digest. Yes, sir. Eight o'clock tonight. Right? Eight o'clock tonight, Squared Circle Digest. All right, let's do it. Our number two starts Manny Navarro and our Canes where Miami Hurricanes report is next. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. All right, all right. How you doing, baby? You doing good? Doing good. Oh, how are you? Cannot complain, my man. Uh, <clears throat> Legs getting uh, a little better, so uh, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be able to start uh, moving around uh, a little bit better. So, anyway, uh, so talk to me a little bit about a brochure. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, the fun part of the uh, the weekend for the Miami Hurricanes, uh, watching uh, Mario Cristobal and Brett Bielema, the Illinois coach, get into it on Twitter. 
this is the dead period, man. We are like starving for stuff. Spring football is not till the start of March. So this is the kind of stuff that entertains us. So uh, Bielema uh, obviously was upset that uh, they weren't able to land either of the top recruits, meaning Illinois wasn't able to land either of the top recruits in their own state, including Marquis Lightfoot, a kid that they went after pretty hard, an edge rusher. So Lightfoot tweets out um, a link to uh, Miami's NIL collective, you know, promoting the NIL collective. And then Brett Bielema uh, quote tweets uh, what, what uh, Lightfoot puts out there. And I'd say, I, I'd love to see a brochure for this, basically insinuating that the only reason Lightfoot signed with Miami is because he got a really good NIL deal. Okay. And, uh, and, and Mario, uh, Mario clapped back. Mario clapped back and was like, uh, took, a, took a screenshot from a fan and said, hey, look, we signed the top two players. I like this brochure. So it was a little fun, a little fun uh, jab between two uh, two head coaches of Power Five schools uh, over uh, over recruiting trail stuff, man. It's so entertaining somebody, to me. Somebody <laughs> tell Brett Bielema that you're in Illinois, bro. <laughs> you're in Illinois, okay? You're in Illinois, all right? Yeah. So, you're not. Oh, you're not going to win. You're not going to beat Miami for a lot of recruits that they want. So uh, you're not going to beat a lot of teams. Not. Yeah. Forget Miami's way lower on the totem pole that just beat you. There's a shitload of teams ahead of Miami that you're also not going to beat. FSU and Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia. We could just go on and on. So you're Illinois, okay? So there's 40, 50 other schools that, 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 that players are going to think of before they go to Illinois. I mean, seriously. But like the last time we were talking about Illinois down here was like Vontae Davis. <laughs> it, it has been that long. And you're right. Oh, I just looked at the 2024 recruiting class. Illinois uh, didn't sign any of the top 13 recruits in their own state. So there Brother, you go. <laughs> we, that, that, that's the day I knew Jeff George, excuse my French out there, was a complete wussy. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. A complete wussy. Why? Because we had Craig Erickson and Vinny Testaverde, if I'm correct, and mm -hmm. they were recruiting Jeff George at the same time. Right. And he chose to stay at Illinois instead of come to Miami. And then he transferred to Purdue, was it? I'm trying or to something? remember where he ended up. Uh... A while ago, bro. I'm trying to remember shit right it's off so the many, top. So many decades ago now. No, he ended up at Illinois. That's where he ended it, up at. So he he instead of going from from Purdue to Illinois, he went. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, it was Purdue to Illinois. That's how it okay. ended up going. So, yep. so the wussy, we recruited him out of Purdue, but because he knew we had Testaverde and Craig Erickson, he chose to go to Illinois. And and as a kid following college football, okay, mm -hmm. I'm 57 now. Yeah, what year was that? What year was that Purdue oh. to Illinois? That was in the 80s, man. Late eight, mid mid to late 80s. Yeah, that's like 86, 87. So I'm like 20 there. This is 30 something years ago. At yeah. that point, I said, You're going to Illinois. <laughs> so I'm saying Illinois then. So and you're I'm still saying that now. You're still saying that I'm now, all these years later. Now, Brett. Just watch it. <laughs> Just bring it a full circle if you want. I mean, yeah, I, I Illinois basketball. Now that used to be pretty damn good back right. in the day. But Illinois football, come on, bro. I mean, I know there's, like, some Illinois fan that's going to run into this, and they're just going to, like, hate life that I just killed Illinois. 
<laughs> oh man all right so what else is going on any other news going on in the canes front well they're still looking for uh defensive backs coach and uh, i mentioned to you last week on friday when uh available, by the way sam madison <laughs> sam madison needs a job that's true there you go that's another name that that's intriguing right uh to throw out there i i tend to think it's going to be somebody who uh lance gidry has had experience with before he coaches and, and can recruit, yeah. I mean, I think that's th those are those kind of spots. And and like I mentioned before, Gidry coaches uh, safeties. So this is like a cornerback job, meaning the guy doesn't even have to coach the entire secondary. He can just come in and do one one part of it, split the job with Gidry, and 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 you know. So so having a really good recruiter makes sense. Somebody with South Florida ties, obviously, especially you know, cornerback is a position that, if we're being honest, that's the one area besides quarterback. I would say the one area on defense where Miami has not necessarily done great like Tyreek Stevenson had a great rookie season with the Bears but he was a guy that they got in the transfer portal out of Georgia and uh you know obviously now you're gonna have Cam Kitchens and and James Williams drafted but you look at the cornerback spot in particular like there's just been a lot of really really good players that have left South Florida to go play elsewhere and uh and so recruiting cornerback would be uh something big for Miami yeah uh and it's unlike Miami that they have been, you know, kind of, uh, let's say, weak overall. They, they haven't been as strong as they used to be at that spot. They were one of the strongest in college football. Now, that has not been the case for a few years now. Man. Well, that's what's happened. The SEC's gotten all the best ones, like Alabama and, and, and Georgia have, have gotten the majority of the elite QBs because they're the ones playing for championships. And so... I think, you know, there, there's been some really good ones down here. Obviously, Patrick Sertan, you mentioned him. His son, you know, was one of the best to come out of this area. Uh, top 10 overall pick in the NFL draft. So a guy that uh, has oodles of talent. Uh, th those are the kind of guys that Miami needed to, to get, and they just weren't able to, to bring here. So I think that's a position going forward, especially the 2025 class, uh, that Miami really, really, really wants to have a guy that can recruit at that spot. Yeah, I would imagine that that's why uh, a guy like, you know, I, I I threw it out there, Sam Madison, I'm a little fun. That, that, that probably mm -hmm. would not be an option because Sam is doesn't have a, a heavy experience of recruiting. And, and you got to have a guy that really can uh, can get it done. Anything else uh, on uh, on the recruiting front that we should know about? No, just, uh, you know, they're, they're into the 25 guys right now, the evaluation period and, and you know, offers and getting guys on campus eventually. You know, once spring football starts in March, that's going to be a big push to get a lot of these guys back on campus. The more visits you have on campus, the better shot you feel like you have with, with the best players in the country. So, uh, you know, Mario is uh, is a recruiter. That's what he's here to do. And, and they're focused on a lot of 25 guys. They just had the Orlando Under Armour uh camp uh this past weekend miami's in a few weeks the the one here uh that they do uh at ives estates park i'll be going to that one uh and you'll have a lot of kids from all over the state going that, to that to compete in it so um you know it's it, it's still very early in the recruiting process but you know spring football is right around the corner it, it will be starting in early march you'll have the spring game probably sometime in april and and then uh you know, go from there and, and get get closer and closer to football season because it feels like it's miles and miles away. Oh, but but when you say spring football is going to oh, yeah. start in early March, it's not as daunting anymore, right? At least we'll have something going on with practice. We'll be able to watch these guys and see something, see Cam Ward a little bit, see uh, all the new transfers that they brought in. Yeah, see if some of the guys are healthy too, right? So right, see who's banged up, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's always uh, another issue there. Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. You should subscribe. 
you can keep up every single day. Manny, as always, appreciate you, my brother. We'll catch up on Friday. All right, brother. Take care, man. Good talking to you. Thank you, sir. There you go. Manny Navarro, as always, coming through for us. Don't forget, we come through for you. 10% off at Canesware. Whether you go online, anywhere you're at in the country, go to Canesware.com. They got Dolphins gear, Marlins gear, Panthers gear, Inter-Miami gear, uh, Miami Heat gear, and, of course, practically anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. Uh, lights and, and neon signs for your bar, sneakers, hats, shirts, stickers, bracelets. I mean, anything and everything you can probably think of with a, with a UM logo on it, they probably have it. You'll go crazy in there. Use our code BIGO10. You will get 10% off online. Or if you go in person, when you walk in at 2655 South University Drive, give them our code BIGO10. You will get 10% off at Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. A ride, a ride, a ride. Brooklyn Rob says get some Indica. A couple of hits of that will make a great night of sleep. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Josh says, oh, I'm buying a megaphone. When the Heat win a championship, I will call out people by name that didn't believe in them. And now are you you're gonna you're gonna hold that megaphone for a few more years? Because they ain't winning a championship with this current bunch. So, you know. Now, in a couple of years, if they end up with two superstars or three and then they win, you're going to call out the people that didn't believe this team now or, you know, down the line? Because, Josh, I think you will be holding that megaphone for a while now. Okay? Because the Heat have got to retool that team, and they, don't, they certainly don't have a championship-caliber team. They just have a championship-caliber coach that gets the most out of them. I find vaping some Indica, 375 to 400 Fahrenheit, does the same for me, Brooklyn Rob. The only time I remember Illinois having a good team was when they had that great defense with Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy in the mid-90s. Cosa Nostra says, I'm behind the live show for about an hour. Thank you, Cosa Nostra. That's very nice of you, my brother. Time spent listening is the, the, the greatest gift of all that you guys can give us is time spent listening. Jamesville says, Big O, glad you're recovering from your surgery and that you're committing to getting in shape. Really looking forward to the results you get. I will freak you out. I am going to work my ass off and I am going to do my best to try to, you know, control my eating because I have no discipline when it comes to that. That's why I've lost the weight, and I've gained it, and I've lost it, and I've gained it, and I've lost it, and I've gained it because I'm terrible. I am just irresponsible to the max. Uh, let's see what else. Um, luckily, I never insult myself. Always got to mention that every once in a while. Because, of course, some of you guys will pick up the shrapnel. And you think I don't hold myself to the same standard. 
which if you really listen, I do it all the time. I kill myself all the time. Uh, Alex says that Toto was awesome as well. All right. That's good. Good to hear, bro. Makes me even sadder that I could not go to the concert last night. That was good. Speaking of concerts, you know, we always like throwing a little music. Now you threw that at me. This just came through right in the middle of the interview with Manny Navarro. Pearl Jam has announced a new album, Dark Matter, and a 2024 world tour. This is their 12th album, Dark Matter. It'll be released on April 19th via Monkey Wrench Records and Republic Records. It was produced by Andrew Watt, and its creative process was seemingly a quiet, happy su uh, surprise. A press release details how Dark Matter was made in just three weeks at the Shangri-La Studios with the entire band playing together with a burst of inspiration. I'm getting chills because I have good memories. We're still looking for ways to communicate. We're at this time in our lives where you could do it or you could not do it. But we still care about putting something out there that is meaningful. And we hopefully we hopefully think this is our best work. No hyperbole. I think this is our best work. Hard to do that. But I love Pearl Jam, so I don't care. I'm going to go see them. And I always, in every album, I always end up liking several songs, man. Um, but I'm a Pearl Jam fan. So, you know, uh, I, I would not uh, ever diss Pearl Jam. Um, so they put out the 11 songs that are on the album. I'm not going to read the titles because none of us really know the songs yet. Uh, so they don't, they're not uh, common to us, but for you, Miami folks, or you Florida folks, we have no dates on this tour. Okay. It starts out in, in, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia goes to Portland, Sacramento, Vegas for the MGM grand for a couple of nights the Kia Forum for a couple of nights, uh, then in Napa Valley, then in Seattle for a couple of nights. Then in June, they go to Dublin. Uh, they go to Manchester. They go to London, a date each. Then in July, they go to Berlin for two nights, Barcelona for two nights, and Madrid for two nights. In August, they go to Missoula, Montana. They go to Indianapolis and Chicago, Wrigley Field, two nights. In September, they go to MSG for two nights, Wells Fargo in Philadelphia for two nights, Baltimore for one night, Boston Fenway Pack for two nights. In November, they go to Auckland, New Zealand. They go to Gold Coast, uh, then Melbourne, and then Sydney as they make the Australian trek, and that's it. That's the tour. So you're going to have to travel to go see Pearl Jam if you don't live in any of these markets that I just talked about. Uh, Big O, just take half a per... No, I'm not taking the Percocet. You didn't listen to the show yesterday. I'm not taking any Percocets ever again. That day, that, those days are done. That shit got me on Saturday, and I only took it because my wife was like, you know, you didn't sleep Friday. You're, you're rolling in pain and you can't get in any position and you, you need to try to, you know, you can't live like this. you got to, you know, so take one and try it. And, um, and for those of you that don't know, I took one long time ago and it made my stomach feel kind of weird. I don't like taking painkillers. I'd rather just kind of deal with the pain. Um, and so, 
I don't like taking them. And they gave it to us again, right? 15 pills of that shit. And I took one. And um, it didn't do a number on my stomach because I ate right before it. But it stoned me, like badly. Like I was babbling. Kind of, I don't like that. I don't like that. So I'm not a I'm not a uh, a fan of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, that's the only thing. So I'm not doing the the Percocet thing, especially to to sleep or anything like that. No, dude, no, I'm not. I don't I don't take any kind of drugs. I don't take any sleeping aids. I don't take anything, dude. You know, I I, I already was stupid enough to get myself overweight to the point that I almost had a heart attack and now i have to take high blood pressure medication and all that other crap that i'm not putting the, these other drugs in me so i gotta try to what i gotta do now is lose all this weight so i can get less medication in my ass because i don't want to be hooked to big pharma so um yeah no i'm not i'm not a fan of uh of percocet so no no shot at all so anyway, uh, everything in moderation is generally a good choice, including eating habits, not eating large. You know what? I'm the weirdest fat guy, Brett. I don't eat large meals. I pick throughout the day and I eat terrible foods. That's really what it is. That's really my problem that I just choose terrible foods on a consistent basis. I am so undisciplined. So lately, I've been doing better, you know. I've been eating more spinach. I've been, I, I was low in iron too, by the way. I was low in iron. And now my iron has gone back up again. And that's also because not, not just the spinach. I, I because of my, um, my gout, I was staying away from meat. And so then that was hurting me also. But the allopurinol is finally working so I can eat some more meat. And then that's helped me out on the iron side. It's a, uh, it's a mission, man. It's a mission. It really is. Finn's fan says, yeah, I'm a full bod at dad at the moment. Need to get back at it. Four year old and an 18 month old. You have no energy or desire after working home all day. And then thank God VP, VPK starts this year. What's VPK? I'm sorry. You lost me there. But good luck to you, Finn Fan TV. I hope you you get it going, my man. We need it, all of us. What is that? VPK is uh, uh, before kindergarten. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, man. Once you get married and you have kids and life takes so it it becomes that much more of a challenge. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. Uh, the, those of you that have the discipline that still have the kids and still have all that. And then you maintain the exercise and all that. God bless you, man. You people are special. <laughs> I don't have that quality. I am. I am an idiot. Uh, I tell you. Um, over time in the playoffs, I'm always taking the ball. You know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause it, it seems to be such a hot button topic on the whole overtime. And yeah, you take the ball in the end. There's a reason why I kept taking points with Kansas city. 
And to me, I was convinced that Kansas City would find a way to win that game. So if San Francisco took the ball first, they would have either not scored or limited him to a field goal, and then here comes Mahomes and touchdown. You know, so to me, it, it's all a matter. If we want to really look at this for those of us, the majority on this whole thing, okay, because the majority of the people that are watching here are usually South Florida fans, right? Usually, because we're a South Florida-based and centralized sports talk show. We talk about other things. Obviously, we talk about the national stories, like obviously with Shanahan and what's going on here, right? But I, I kind of like to spin things to see where it goes for us, you know, how it affects us. And this is what I would tell you is... All right. Shanahan was part of the debacle with the Patriots and a 25 point lead in the Falcons. He was the offensive coordinator and abandoned the run. And yeah, he abandoned the run in the third quarter. But the problem is that they had the chance to win it in the fourth quarter in overtime and you didn't get it done anyway. You know what I mean? So whatever you we can play the hindsight thing and all that. But in the end. I don't that, that this stuff to me doesn't really matter because I think Kansas City would have won whether they got the ball first or not or whatever. And yes, of course, you always take the ball first in the overtime situation. But here's my 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 real point of this. Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan has shown a lack of preparation. He's great at designing plays and everything, but was he ready for overtime? Was he ready with a 25-point lead? Was he ready last year when he had a double-digit lead also? So he his teams are undisciplined with leads in the biggest game of his career as a coordinator and as a head coach. Has he learned? Because it doesn't seem like he's more prepared. So let me ask you something. Does that remind you of anything? Because it seems like Mike McDaniel doesn't learn a goddamn thing. It seems like his teams are constantly unprepared. Right? So for me, habitually, this is what matters to me. Because I don't give a shit about the Niners. And I don't give a shit about Kyle Shanahan. But if Kyle Shanahan has the same kind of stupid habits that Mike McDaniel has, that bothers me. Because season three for the Miami Dolphins under Mike McDaniel, that is the entire deal. I'm not worried about the cap, that silliness. I'll let some of the media create all that drama for you, okay? I'm not worried about building a good team. I think they've got a I got a they got a three-headed monster there that knows what the hell they're doing. They'll find personnel. I'm not worried about that. Not worried about Tua either. I'll let you guys out there that never liked Tua in the first place use this as more ammunition to continue this stupid talk that we've had for a few years now. Whatever, you're anti-Tua, you'll always be anti-Tua. And that's it. That's fine. Be set, you know, you're setting your you're setting your ways. That's great. For me, it's all about Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. 
and you're under the same tree and you seem like you have the same unprepared habits. So that to me is the problem with the Miami Dolphins or the San Francisco 49ers. Does your head coach do enough to prepare your team for every situation and scenario that's out there? Apparently not. Apparently he doesn't know how to handle every situation. Apparently he fails in all of these situations. That's why I kept taking the points. Because I didn't give a shit what I was watching. I knew in the end, 15 was going to win the game. <clears throat> 15 would figure it out. Chris Jones would do something. That secondary would do something. Why? Because that's what they've been doing all year. That's what that secondary does. They're the best secondary in the NFL. I saw them grab one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL, and Tyreek Hill, and ragdoll his ass. They weren't even afraid of him whatsoever. In fact, they put the fear into Tyreek Hill is what they did. Because I was like, wow, Tyreek probably said, oh, nobody's ever done that shit to me. I felt like the guy in the marina. Hey, was that karma for uh, Tyreek? You molest the guy in the arena, uh, in the marina, and karma says you will get molested too. Never thought about that until right now. Might have been a little karma. Hmm. You want to attack marina people? I wonder if that guy from the marina lives in Hialeah and went to see an old lady and do a little santaria. And so they brought back the ragdoll. And the old man's like, you're going to ragdoll me? Well, all right, well, we're going to get you ragdolled. And that's what they did to him. So I was convinced that KC was going to win one way or the other. didn't matter to me. Whether you get the ball or not in the overtime, all that kind of stuff. The funny part to me is that people actually thought the game was going to end in overtime. What do you think? There wasn't going to be a second overtime? It's a Super Bowl. they got to settle it. That's kind of, you know, whatever. Yes, sir. No, I was going to say, with the new overtime rules, with the way they are, it it doesn't not benefit you. Because if they would have held San Francisco, uh, would have held Chiefs to a field goal, all Kyle Shanahan's got to go down do now is kick another field goal and they win the Super Bowl. Because it's next score wins after both teams have the ball. Right, So, right, exactly. again, you know, it's not one of those things to where – like, oh, you want the ball second because you need to know what you got to do. Yeah, but you do what they do, and all they got to do is go down and kick a field goal, and you lose the game too. So right, with the see, new rules, I just, I just when, think you got to put – uh, If Casey gets the ball first, they're going to go score a touchdown, and they're going to limit them to whatever, no yeah. score or a field goal. They weren't going to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it didn't matter. Either way – KC was going to win that. No, no, no. I don't think it mattered at that game, but I think it matters in the rules when you're thinking about it because it does – everybody's killing Shanahan for taking the ball first, but in his mind is, okay, if we score and they score, all I've got to do is kick a field goal and we win. Right. You know, I mean, so in these rules, it's not just uh, each team gets a chance and then, you know, keep going back and forth. No, it's both score and then the next score wins. So Yeah, you 
get one possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. you get one possession to score and then or tie the score and and that's it. And when you look at it, that play was third down and four. Do they go for it on fourth and four when it flips to the second quarter of the game? Because even the referee, when he goes to flip the coin, he goes, "Welcome to the start of a new game." And that's right. what I think a lot of people didn't pick up on because at first, even I was looking at like, man, they're taking their time on this clock, and then I was like, oh wait, no, that's right, the new rules. They go to a right. second quarter, and I think, but I also I think it takes away some of the thinking too because you just saw Mahomes take the San Francisco defense all the way down the field to tie the game, right? And he probably would have scored if there's more time on the clock. They probably end the game if there's more time there. So Shanahan's like, okay, let me let them get a rest, and hopefully they hold them to a field goal, which knew probably wasn't going to happen. But I just I don't think it's as cut and dry as killing Shanahan for it. If if you oh. think about the the rules no. as far as that goes, you know, and I think we know what was going to happen, but. But the fact is that there, you know, was a, a lack of understanding of it on that side. That is kind of a little disturbing. Yeah, the players, right? the players not knowing that's, that's kind of like, wait a minute. And so then that's the part that bothers me, Sean. Mm-hmm. The track record of Kyle Shanahan, the track record of Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I'm going to, that's what I, that's the characteristic that I'm going to look at. You know, that's kind of a term today, right? The characteristics of the Heat have changed. They're no longer that same team that we, you know, grew up watching the first 25 years. You know, it's kind of, or 20 years, things have changed. You know, it's the same thing. I'm just looking at the characteristics of it all and how much Mike McDaniel has to grow or do they grow? Both guys are great at designing offensive plays. But are you great as a head coach? That's part of a head coach. You know, it's it's that moment that the Dolphin players run and surround the football in the Dallas game. And then here comes dumbass Leon Lett sliding and diving in, trying to get the ball, which then makes it a live ball. Every Dolphin player knew they could not touch that ball. But the Cowboy didn't know, wasn't smart enough, and he was thinking they were going for the ball. When the Dolphins, all they did was position themselves around the football. That's intelligence. That's preparation. That's knowing all of the situations. Because that's what an Eric Spolstra is going to do for you. That's what a Laranega is going to do for you. That's what a Shula is going to do for you. These kind of people are going to burn it in your brain. And so you're going to make less mistakes out there as a player. So to me, the whole Shanahan thing, whether he deferred or he took it or whatever decision you want to look at it and criticize him for it or how he went about it or his players didn't know what the hell they were doing in the end it's the habitual nature of kyle shanahan in the biggest games of his career he does not he and his team do not perform at an intelligent level they do stupid things and they burn themselves. That's what that's what was hurting Kansas City early on in that game. All kinds of stupid things. And by the way, it hurt Kansas City, right? I mean, it hurt San Francisco. 
Here, let me pull up the, I'll just pull up the play-by-play and read it off for you guys. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Because part of it is you could talk about all the other stuff, right? But then it also comes down to what happened in the game. Players make mistakes, right? So you also have to look in the mirror and, and take accountability for your mistake, right? And I'll give you an example here perfectly. I want to read it exactly to a T so I don't make a, uh, a mistake here myself. But on the field goal drive, you put together a 13-play, 66-yard drive for 738, right? And where was it? Oh, no, I think it was. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, in the field goal, 1916. That's what it was. There we go. Now we got the I got the play-by-play. Here we go. Okay, so it's second and two at the 18, right? And you've got uh, Mitchell on the right end, and then there's a penalty by Reed. Offensive holding. You put yourself at second and 12 at the KC 28, right? And you've got to then make one hell of a play, 13 yards, right, in order to get that first down. You made a hell of a mistake, and you put yourself behind the eight ball. You overcame it, right? And then in first and 10, McCaffrey goes right side, six yards. Second and four, McCaffrey, no gain. Third and four, Purdy pass, incomplete. You settle for a field goal, right? And obviously, with that field goal, you end up, um, I think at that point, or was it? Let me see. Oh, my iPad. I really need to update it. Like, I need a new iPad. Here we go. Okay, so that one gave you the 1916 lead, right? But part of that is what I'm saying is that you're making mistakes along the way and you're burning yourself, making it that much harder in order to overcome and shit like that was going on throughout the game. Kansas City did a bunch of them at the beginning of the game. And so whether you have a mental error or you have a penalty or you have a fumble or you have an interception, all these kind of things kind of set you back. So we can talk about the decisions that you've made, right? Or in the third third quarter, right? You don't run the ball a lot, right? And then they kind of get back into the game, right? In that third quarter, um, end of the second, third Right, it is 10-6, San Francisco, and then Kansas City gets back into it, 13-10. San Fran then takes the lead again, 16-13. Then you've got the 16-16, 19-16, 19-19, and then 22-19, which then we end up with the 22-25. But in the process of all of that, there are mistakes that you're making and setting your team back with a fumble, with an interception, with a penalty, with abandoning the run, with your players not knowing where the hell they're supposed to be at the end of the game and what, what, what's the status of the game. All of this shit brings it all together. And that's why I'm telling you about Mike McDaniel. It's not winning challenges. It's not getting in plays on time. 
It's making mistakes constantly. And you're a great play designer. They're giving you great talent. You've got to do better. You know, I can demand more from Mike McDaniel from this season, right? Just like a Niners fan should demand more from Kyle Shanahan and his team because they're right there on the brink. And if you've watched the last two San Francisco trips with Kyle Shanahan and then you go back to Atlanta with a 25-point lead, you have to start saying, what is going on here? Why is it that this guy does not get better in these situations? How many more times is Kyle Shanahan going to be in that situation? Marino was in it once. He's been in it three times now. And whether it's he, him making mistakes or his team making mistakes. And then I go back to the tree and I say, damn, our guy does a lot of the same shit. This is not good. All right, let's get to it, baby. Cam Wolf, unleash the Wolf Pack right now. So to me, it doesn't matter that much. We can debate, but in the end, his team was making mistakes throughout the game, just like Kansas City was making a ton of them in the first half and putting themselves in all kinds of bad positions. But the disturbing part, if I was a San Fran fan and if I'm a Dolphins fan, is the habitual nature of it, unfortunately. Kyle Shanahan losing the 25-point lead against the Patriots as the offensive coordinator, dropped the run. Last two trips here to the Super Bowl with the Niners, he's had a double-digit lead. You know, his players at the end of the game even talked about not knowing the situation, all that kind of stuff. And then the mistakes that were made whether you abandon the run in the third quarter, whether you think that was an issue or not, whatever. The bottom line is he's been in this situation three times. That's a lot more than most people ever get. Like I said, Marino was in that situation just one time. That's right. it. He never got three cracks at it. Right. And I turn it over to Mike McDaniel, another terrific play designer. But again, mm -hmm. habitually, there are constant mistakes that are being made. And so whether it's a fair comparison or not, it is something to look at since they both come from the same tree. And I got to be honest in this long-winded question, I think that's what season three under Mike McDaniel is all about. A lot of it is, have you learned, my man? How, can you stop continually making the same mistakes you've been making for two years like your counterpart uh, Kyle Shanahan does in the game's biggest moments. So <clears throat> I'll start this with San Fran. I think that um, it's certainly a pattern. Like Kyle Shanahan, 0-3 in the Super Bowl. Um, it becomes a thing. And I talked about this on GMFB last week. You don't want to get in the category of like the best coach to never win a Super Bowl, right? The 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 uh, Marv Leavis, the Marv Leavis, the Marty Schottenheimers, the uh, the, the Bud Grants, you know, um, all these legendary coaches who were very good coaches, but didn't get it done, you know, and, and we know it only. Our boy Andy Reid was that before. Absolutely. And that, that was my point. This is the Andy Reid era of Kyle Shanahan, because if you remember when he was in Philly, he kept getting to the conference title games. He kept getting to the Super Bowl, but he couldn't get over the top. Now, Andy was doing this for about 15 years. Kyle Shanahan has done it for seven. But at the same token, Kyle Shanahan has now been to – four NFC championship games in five years. 
and has zero rings. Has been the two Super Bowls in five years, has zero rings. And it starts to get in your head a little bit. It starts to, you know, can I do it? Do I have what it takes? Your team starts to wonder when we get to the big game, are we going to crumble again? Um, I think that this one. I wait, it's three Super Bowls because we have to lay the Atlanta one because it was really. Well, I'm awesome. saying in the last five years. I'm just saying in the last five years in the immediate. You know, right. yes, three Super Bowls overall. He's 0 and 3 and three Super Bowls. But I'm just saying, like in a short frame for San Fran, four and five for the conference title that you're in. A, that's impressive. I'd say most fan bases would take that. But if you don't have a title, it, it leaves it feeling sort of empty if that's your fan base, right? Um, <clears throat> So Kyle Shanahan has to wear a lot of this. It's going to be a rough offseason for him. He's going to wear a lot of it. I don't know if I if I if I'm bothered as much by the the overtime stuff. Like I know a lot of people were whether he picked to go first or second. I don't know if it really mattered. Uh, I think the analytics said it was about even. You do want a, your players to be aware of the rule, but I don't think it affected the game per se as much as like. Um, you know, then I, I love the slight shot by Cam at the end there. You'd love your players to know, you know. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is bothering that you have like three or four players in post game saying, oh, well, I just thought we score, we win. You know, that like that should affect your decision making, your play, how you go about things. So I would want my players to know that that's on Kyle. Um, I will say this, though, like they were the better team throughout the game. And and as much as it's on Kyle Shanahan, the reality is they just ran into a dude who is the best quarterback of this generation. And it came to a situation of like when when he had the ball in his hands at the end with a chance to win. Everybody at home, your house, my house, heck, even 49ers fans' house are like, he's gonna do it. It's just who he is. And right. so until they have and they won't. In Mahomes, a game-changing quarterback, you're always going to be the outside looking in. And so yeah. kind of pull this full circle with the Dolphins, you were talking about Mike McDaniel. Um, obviously, he comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree. He's a different guy. But I'm sure Dolphins fans would at least love a taste of that 49ers success, the conference championships, the Super Bowl appearances. I think <clears throat> what is interesting and what Mike can maybe learn from Kyle Shanahan is that it's more than just the scheme. It's the situational. It is the – um, understanding of, of, of the moments and, and and ultimately every team including the Dolphins and I'm just going to keep it fair with this is asking themselves a question do we have the quarterback do we have the team that we can go mono mono with Patrick Mahomes and for most people it's going to be no nobody nobody there's not really been an answer but everything's going to be matched up on them they are the dynasty of this era just like the patriots were everything is every team is created to try to beat the patriots to try to match that i think you're going to see an off season where the dolphins are trying to find what can we do to close that gap i don't know what it is but that's that's the challenge yeah no i'm with you there it's uh it's a hell of a challenge and and i think mcdaniel has to do that that's where you mcdaniel needs to be a little bit more like spo where okay you may not have the best talent you may not have the best team but have them best prepared and right. you and you be best prepared okay because nobody nobody picks the heat to be in the finals or the eastern conference finals for four straight years right nobody nobody unless you know you're the the blind ass heat fan dolphin fan that thinks every year their team is going to win the super bowl we've we have those people yes that's fine 
But outside that, most normal people, they don't look at the heat that way. They're just impressed that Spo is as good as he is. You know what I mean? And that's what I think I'm asking of Mike McDaniel. Hey, man, listen, Andy Reid, you know what the difference is? It's Donovan McNabb, and it's... <laughs> yeah, I was like, Andy Reid's a heck of a coach. I got a lot of respect. But the biggest difference between Philly and KC was not him becoming a dramatically better coach. Well, he got a different quarterback. He got, he got he got he got he got a player who and I've said this throughout and now that he's won, I think it's just him and Tom Brady. Like I, I got all respect for Joe Montana, I got all respect for Dan Elway and 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 uh, and, and Joe uh, and John Elway and uh, Dan Marino and all these guys who are legends. But to me, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and eventually, I've, I've, I've unlike and, you. I've watched them all that you talked about. I watched yes. their entire careers. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that at I all. Like, I was like, I know I'm younger, so I don't Great. want to disrespect history, which is why I think your opinion is valid. Because, like, I, I did not grow up watching uh, Montana, Elway, Marino. Um, you know, but I, I can put Brady in Montana's role, and they would win the same because he has the same characteristics money player, super accurate, ball placement, anticipatory skills, all that kind of shit. So that's why I can interchange them a little bit. And I can say, yeah, the same thing would have happened, you know, overall. So I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Could we have a discussion yeah. and I could an argument for Elway uh, yeah. against, against Mahomes? Yeah, because Elway didn't have the teams that Mahomes has right now. Right. You know? The only time he had him was at the end of his career in 95 and 96 yep. when he had a defense and a running game, something right. that you weren't going to win with Sammy Winder, bro. Right. You just weren't right. going to win with Sammy And I think that stuff matters. That stuff matters, which is why I'm not a big – why I'm not the big ring chaser. Like, everyone seems to count rings and say that defines who your quarterback – who the GOAT is. Like, oh, Brady's got, what, six rings, seven, one of those two. And Seven because of that, no one can be the goat until you get seven. I disagree. I think I could certainly be the goat if he only gets four or five. Um, By the way, I'll give you an example. It's not the best example, but it shows a little bit of that. What happened this weekend? Um, yeah. disgusting that Antonio Gates doesn't get in first ballot. Why? Because yep. he doesn't have a ring. Yeah, because he doesn't have a ring. But yep. Antonio Gates is a First ballot Hall of Famer. End of story. I've watched this sport for 50 years. That's as good as it gets, bro. He's yeah. as good as Kelsey. He's as good as Kittle. He he's as as good as uh the guy that played for the Chargers before. What's his name? Uh Winslow. Yeah, uh, Winslow. He's, he's as good as any tight end that ever played. I get he's not the best blocking tight end. He's not the Kittle and the Gronk. I get all of that, but it was third down. You knew the ball was going to Gates That's every good. time, That's and good. you could not stop that shit. Yep. Yep. That's, the, that's the epitome of a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I like, grew I grew up watching Gates. I'm was sending it off to Jim Brown and Walter Payton. I'm throwing it to Rice. Yeah, you're not doing anything about it, bro. Yep. It's over. Here goes Justin Jefferson. I don't give a shit who you got on him. I'm burning your ass. Just yeah. certain people are like that. And to me, we, we, we're, we're doing that. To, to We do this all the time to players. They don't have a championship, so we don't treat them the same way. Antonio Gates is as good as anybody that's ever played the game, dude. 
Yeah, Antonio Gates should be a Hall of Famer. He should have been oh, in this week, oh, and and he's gonna, he's yeah, and he's gonna be in uh, very soon. I just you know, Hall of Fame stuff confuses me. Now, now, now let's get to Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, your 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 boy in Philly since you're a Philly yeah, guy. Absolutely. And Andy, Andy Reid. Hindsight. Andy Reid is Eric Spolstra with Jimmy Butler. How do you like them apples? Mm. You don't mm. give them enough. But he got you to the best he can get you yeah. with McNabb. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. now you go give him an elite quarterback because McNabb was good. Yeah. Mahomes is, you know, the best, best, the best. 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 yeah. And so that's the difference, dude. And so Andy Reid actually has done what Eric Spolster has done with Jimmy Butler the last four years. Yeah. You, and I, I'd say for Andy, Andy, you couldn't ask any more from Andy Reid and what he did in right. Philadelphia. He did the right. best. He could here. Right. He has the balance, and he's grown like one a few years back. What did they have? They had the balance. They yeah. had everything they needed, and he's grown too through his time there. Like I, I watched those Philly teams a lot. Andy Reid was like criticized a lot because of uh, clock clock management. Management. that was his thing. If he got in under two minutes, fourth quarter, he would blow it. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. But he's got a lot better in his biggest criticism, which is why I'm, I, I have a willingness for coaches to grow. I know you're critical of Mike McDaniel a lot of some of his – I think Andy Reid's an example of how you can grow through time over your Achilles heel as a coach. And the hope is Kyle Shanahan, he can get over this being his Achilles heel for big games, you know, holding leads. Um, but until so, it's going to be your narrative. And so right now, it's Kyle Shanahan's narrative. It's Mike McDaniel's narrative. By the way, and, I give McDaniel a chance. Yeah. Whereas Flo and Philbin, they couldn't build staffs, and they had no people skills. I could see that. And so to me, that was going to be their demise. Right. Right. And, and they also had the other characteristic that I keep telling people. I love coaches who have been hired and fired 87 times. Because they've been all over, and that's helped McDaniel. That he's Philbin and Flo were stuck in one organization forever. And then you had Adam Gase, who had no people skills, also, and was kind of dead set in his ways. Whereas McDaniel, I think, has the intelligence and he has an offensive mind that none of these guys ever had. I give him a chance, actually. I, I think he can figure it out. It's up to him now. Now, he's got to prove it. You know what I mean? But, like, I gave up with those guys in their second years. Like, I, you know, I, actually, with Philbin, I gave up when he got hired because I knew, like, five people in the Green Bay building, and they were like, if you're going to hire one of our guys, hire Tom Clements at least. Not that guy. That's what they all told me. To a man, all five of them that I knew in that building. Yep. They all said Tom Clements. Why? Because he's like the guy that actually develops the quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> so and that, that's been the Dolphins' problem for whatever. But uh, that I had inside information that Philbin was just not going to be good for it. They told me also he won't be able to build a staff. McCarthy's not going to let anybody go and all that other stuff. So I, I lost out on these guys in the second year. I'm not there with McDaniel, but I am very critical of what's going on. But I think he is smart enough. Come on, Cam. Yeah. He's got to be able to figure this thing out, bro. Yeah. I think so. I think he will. I think he will. It's going to be a very interesting year. I've said it time and time again. I think the roster is going to decrease talent-wise. So you're going to need your coaches more than ever to get the most out of these young players and to learn from their errors. They, this year they had margin of error because of their talent. They could go out there, play sloppy, get away with it. 
that margin of error, I think, is going to decrease. And so your discipline, your focus, your your uh, attention to details has to increase to match that. And you can win that way, as you mentioned with the Heat. The Heat have not always had the most talented team. I think the Dolphins went out and made a huge talent splashes this offseason, which is great. But you need the other stuff. You need the grit. You need the culture. You need the attention to detail, the discipline. And I think those are the things they really need to hone in on this offseason. There's a there's a a real fact in this sport and in a lot of other sports. It's not a football thing. There's a lot of other a lot of other pro sports that athletes, uh, some of them really are playing for the love of the money, not necessarily the game. Uh, the championship isn't necessarily the the end all be all. But Tyreek Hill does have one of them, and he watches his former team win too. And I know over the weekend he kind of downplayed it, and, hey, we'll have our time and all that kind of good stuff. He said all the right things. Does he believe what he tweeted? Um, I think there's probably still some, some jealousy, some – I don't know what you call it. I don't know if it's jealousy or – yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you, it's it's like anything else, right? If you see the place you left having success without you, it, it it hits a little different. Everybody would love, trust me. If I left left NFL Network today to go to a, go to a different company, I wouldn't want everybody saying, "Oh, wow, look at how NFL Network's grown the last year." And and I'm like, well, I've been gone. Like, it's, you know, you start to relay it in your mind. Like, damn, was I holding them back? Like, why why couldn't, you know, what if I stayed a little longer? What if I did this? Like, I think it's natural. And I don't think it's any indictment on the Dolphins. I think it's just the reality of you have a legendary quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And I don't even know if Tyreek understood at that time just how much he could do without, right? I think Tyreek's part of Tyreek leaving is to prove how good he was, how good, how how much he wasn't dependent on a Patrick or a Travis Kelsey. And he's shown that he's not dependent. He can have success with Tua as his quarterback um, as well. But the winning, the winning is what hurts because, you know, they clearly have not won at the equal level since the trades happened. So I'm sure he's definitely hurting a little bit. I, I know publicly he said he was rooting for the Chiefs, and I'm not saying he's he was lying, but I think oh, a part of him, I, I think, a, yeah, it's a lot of his boys. I think he's rooting probably for his boys, his relationships, but I'm sure a part of him was like, man, if they lose, then, you know, they only got one more, you know, two more, it starts to feel a little different. Like I maybe missed out on the legendary, on the legendary uh, dynasty. This is why I laugh at everyone that tries to make fun of Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched him since he was a child doing his shit from high school to college to the pros. And the bravado is what turns some people off, right? But see, I don't have a problem with bravado when bravado is backed with facts and you get it done every single time. And Tyreek wanted to do a Deion Sanders, even though this was done before he was born, probably. I don't know what year it was. But back in the early 90s i don't know what year was tyreek born but in the early 90s dion said 93 94 i'm guessing uh somewhere there yeah so it was right around when he was born uh dion said yeah you know uh i think i'm gonna help dallas win the super bowl this year i helped san fran this year i'm just gonna go over to dallas and help Mm -hmm. them win the Super Bowl." and that's exactly what happened 
Right. He went over to Dallas and they went and won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yep. once you had Dion, you eliminated, you know, whoever was the number one receiver, your day was done. You weren't going to catch a ball. It was over for you because there was nobody that could cover like that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and there are certain guys that can do this kind of stuff. And this is why I laugh at all these people, because when he goes to Jackson State and then now he goes to Colorado and you keep doubting him and it's like, bro, did you not watch him play baseball and football in one day? Right. Did you not watch him like help an entire football team win a, a, a Super Bowl against a rival? Yeah. Are you not watching his entire career? Everything he tells you he's going to do, he ends up doing it every single time. Mm-hmm. We make a couple of those kind of guys do. And Tyreek is special, but he ain't Dion special. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, play a first ballot Hall of Famer. Sure. Um, one of the best receivers ever. But it shows you just the difference of how significant quarter play, quarterback play is and the importance of everything. Of and of like I said, this is not a knock on Tua. I think this is more of praise of just how much Patrick Mahomes is a level above the rest of this league. And I think that you're seeing this. And I know I complain about it sometimes, too. We obsess about, like, why is the quarterback always the focus? Why is every sports shock show talking about the quarterback? Why is he the only one who gets the MVP? Why is this? Why is Because the quarterback changes the game more than any other player. Like, it's, it's such a big effect. And Patrick Mahomes has done with a arguably less talented Chiefs roster than, you know, probably, say, eight or ten other teams in this league and still brought them a championship. That, to me, is just something you can't measure. And so, yeah, I'm sure – I'm sure Tyreek could play. Tyreek could play the best wide receiver season ever. It was not going to win the Dolphins a Super Bowl this year, and that's no, the difference. You know, Cam, it's and, also a part of understanding the game mm-hmm. and the situation that that person and that team is in at the moment. That it's different than other other situations. None of us with a brain is sitting here going, "Oh, Brock Purdy's not good enough." No, mm-hmm. dude, you can. Easily win with Brock Purdy. The difference is, you know, some guys you can just let them loose and they can play outside of the the normal constraints of football. And and Joe Montana, which this is why when you say Brady Mahomes, and I tell you I don't have a problem with that because Joe Montana won because there was incredible balance. Mm -hmm. Okay, Roger Craig was always there to run the ball and to catch the ball. Right. And there was always a, a, a Hall of Fame tight end. And eventually they had to go up. They didn't end up in the Hall of Fame, but Tom Rathman was like a nasty-ass fullback, bro. Right. And right. then you had, obviously, the two monsters playing wide receiver and everything else. And you had a Hall of Fame defense, dude, at yep. times. Now, what you can't do with M- Montana is tell him, I need you to play the Dan Marino role right now. You have no running game, no defense, and all you're going to do is air out the ball and they know it. Right. He can't do that. Right. He can't mm-hmm. do that. This is why I laugh at people. Oh, he's a system player. No, idiot. Everyone's a system player. Mm-hmm. Because that's what coaches have to figure out. Where you thrive. What right. system, what scheme. Because there's only one Pat Mahomes that can play in any system you want. Right. Okay, Lamar Jackson cannot play in any system you want. If you're going to make it a passing game where he's got to sit there and play the Marino game, he'll die. 
He'll die on an island all by his lonesome. Why? Because he has to use his legs. How did this end up taking a shot at Lamar? I feel like no show is complete. I'm sorry, but I'm taking a shot at Joe Montana, dude. You know, I'm, I'm calling it like I see it. Everyone has limitations. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit if you're Joe Montana. I don't give a shit if you're Marino. You think you can play Marino in Lamar Jackson's role? No. You can play Purdy in Lamar Jackson's role? No. No right. one can play Lamar. If you want a compliment, no one can play in Lamar Jackson's role because right. he's the only athlete of that kind. We've mm-hmm. never seen anything like Michael Vick can't play Lamar Jackson's role. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So everybody is some kind of system somewhere. But at the same time, you also have to understand the situation you're in. Hindsight now tells you in this conversation, Andy Reid was phenomenal in Philadelphia. He did the best he possibly really could with his experience and with Donovan McNabb. Now you give him Pat Mahomes. My God, everybody looks better. And now you've got the guy that's the ultimate eraser because everybody wants Mahomes. But if you look at the history of the league, how many quarterbacks have you developed that can play in any system you want? Right. Not right. that many. Not many. Not many. Not many. You know, uh, Jim Kelly ran a K-gun in Buffalo with mm-hmm. Reed and all these guys, Thurman Thomas and all that kind of stuff. And, brother, this was like a quick strike moving offense. Not every mm-hmm. quarterback could do that. Kelly could do that. Some other guys could. But you could not put everybody in that system. And so that, to me – you have to have an understanding also of where the team is at, what the coach is, who the quarterback is. But that doesn't mean that without Mahomes, you can't win a title. You right. can win it with Purdy, but you've got to run the ball. You've got to play smart. you got to stay away from mistakes because when you run into the Bradys and you run into the Mahomes and you run into the Montanas, you need to be perfect as a football team. And if right. you do that, then you're the Baltimore Ravens of the early 2000s and you win a championship. You're the Broncos of 2016 or whatever it was. You're the Bucks of 03, correct? Or something like that. You have your moments even with lesser quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But when you play those special dudes, you got to play and the entire team has to play an elite level. We can't be blaming Purdy at all. Purdy did a damn good job in that game. I'm with you. He's not the reason they lost that game. You know, and yeah. so with Tua, can you win? Of course you can. But McDaniel's going to have to stick to the run. He's going to have to become more of a physical team. You uh-huh. can't play Tua like you play Marino, which is what I keep telling everybody all year here. And that's his problem right now with McDaniel. He plays Tua like he thinks he's Jim Kelly in the K-Gun and Marino in the K-Gun when that's not what he is. He's a a play-action quarterback that you need the running game to assist him, just like Purdy, just like a lot of normal quarterbacks mm-hmm. have a freak, bro. We used to have one in the 80s and the 90s. We had a freak for a while. Sorry, bro. They don't grow on trees. But you right. can absolutely. And it's fine. You can win. Like, the other teams have to try. It's not like, oh, well, what are we going to do? We don't have Mahomes. You try. You try. And, and, and maybe you get them one year. 49ers tried, the Ravens tried, the Bills tried, the Dolphins tried. This was not the time. But next year, who knows? You, you, maybe, maybe you catch them in a wrong year. Maybe you catch them on the right day. Maybe you got the right formula. 
Um, but right now you're stuck in the era with the GOAT. And you got to deal with it. It is what it is. Hey, hey Zoe and Timmy. Yeah. And Harley and all oh, those. How, how do you think How do you think all those teams felt when MJ was going the through? Pacer, <laughs> Jazz, the, the, the Cavs, the Heat, the Knicks. Yeah. Like they were good. They were really good teams. They, they could have had a different history. They, they all could have won a title. Yes. And one dude cock blocked them. Yeah. One dude cock blocked them. What are you gonna yeah. do, bro? Right. It you is what it is. Like I said, you just ran into the wrong guy in the wrong gear. It was Tom Brady for a lot of folks. Like, like how many rings would Peyton Manning have had if it wasn't for Tom Brady? How many rings might a, a Philip Rivers or a Big Ben might have had if, if, if they ran into they just ran into an era where it was Tom, you know, for 20 years. And now it's Peyton for how I mean, if now it's uh Patrick for however long it is. And somebody's gonna sneak in. They don't they're gonna win all of them. There's gonna be a couple quarterback, and you just hope that your team is positioned to be one of those quarterbacks who breaks up the mix, you know, like a Joe Flacco Ravens in 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 08 or a, a, a Broncos with 2015 with with Peyton Manning in the bunch, or uh, the Seahawks, the year they got the Malcolm Butler. You just hope that you're in that mix where you can make a play, you can be that team one of those years and and uh, just kind of survive the air. Excellent football conversation. What do you got going on in the NFL Network, my friend? Well, I am actually starting my vacation um, today. Um, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to Barcelona, to Rome, to Florence, Madrid. Uh, so we're going to be going out there for actually leaving out here in about four and a half hours. And uh, we'll, we'll be there until the Saturday uh, before combine, so about a week and a half. So we'll have to figure out how we do the show. I may have to pop on a, a little bit later uh, towards combine time. I don't know what my service is going to look like in Barcelona. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I snuck in a vacation uh, for wifey. It's her 30th birthday. Uh, it was a month ago, so we're doing a little celebration here and uh, sneaking in between Super Bowl and combine because we still got another two, three months of uh, football action. So. You'll love the food. Great food in Barcelona. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that's my people. Al Zugari yep. is a Spanish name, Vasco. I love, it. I love so it. My people are from the mountains, apparently. That's where my people come from. I don't know. That's what I've been told. Right. Uh, but it is because a lot of, the, you know, it's we're like Americans. Cubans really don't exist. They came yeah. from other countries and, you know, they just migrated. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real interesting thing how we got this thing like we want to hate migrants when, that's all these countries are made of Absolutely. is Absolutely. hilarious. That's all it's made of. All it's made of. That's <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Anyway, follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and catch his work there at the NFL Network. Cam, as always, thank you, my brother. We'll catch up later on. All right, sir. Sorry. Got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby. KSDT CPAs. Make sure you reach out to them. They are hiring. They've got offices in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. And uh, when it comes to KSDT, listen, if you need uh, you need help for your business, we got tax season's coming up. I hate to mention it, but it's very important. So tax, advisory, assurance, uh, accounting, they can help you in every which way possible. And especially if you own a business, you know you need that guidance throughout the year. Call them, 305-670-3370. Please tell them that we sent you. They'll take care of you. Use that QR code for your personal or your business taxes. And you can be anywhere. They can help you. Doesn't really matter. You can do a lot of that on the phone. 
KSDTCPA, and they're hiring in offices in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties, and they've got an office in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're hiring there. This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 3370. True fan, Dan Marino cannot play in any system. He, he can't be a running quarterback. That's, that's not his thing. Uh, he, can, he can sling the ball as good or better than anybody out there. That I'll give it to you. But. Yeah, we can't use him in a running like offense. Yeah, that's not that wasn't his. Uh, can't you know? Um, what's it called? Dan was gonna get it done with his arm. His arm was just golden, bro. Golden. It's just I've never seen anything like that. Haven't seen anything like that since. Unfortunately, we're uh, you know once in a while you get that special guy. And we didn't build around enough. Even even my man Dan needs a lot of help in order to win it all. My old stomping grounds, Hialeah. Here we go, Armando V says. Uh, I agree, Sean. I am not guessing Shanahan just saying how I would have played it. Take the ball second and go for the win no matter what happens. Worst gaffe from the Atlanta Pats Super Bowl was the sack that took them out of the field goal range. Yeah, following the, the, the Jones Circus catch, two scores at that moment with time left in the game, run the ball. Yeah, it, it was just stupid that they didn't run it. Psychologic is in Tijuana, Mexico. I love it when you guys put where you're watching the show from. It's always great. It didn't matter if San Fran got the ball in overtime or not. They weren't winning by kicking field goals. Exactly. Too many field goals in that game. You can't, when you play Mahomes, you got to score touchdowns. You got to score touchdowns. Uh, Cam is in the house. Cam, your prediction, we will see Dolphins Cam starting in the secondary this season. Well, that'll be too early of a prediction right now. I'm, I'm glad I didn't ask him that. Ahmad Rashad talked about running running back and forth on the Vikings sideline in the Super Bowl trying to encourage the team and vets giving him 1,000-yard stare. Well, but in those days, money wasn't even a, a thing. You really played for the love of the game in those days. You weren't playing for money because you weren't making that big money. Uh, the Bills gave up, gave, Mahomes, gave up Mahomes to the Chiefs at pick 11, 217 for Tredavious White and Tremaine Edmonds for the pick of Mahomes. Well, uh, either way, Kansas City won that one. That's for sure. Uh, Bradshaw won two with a running team and two with a passing team, but had that same style. Bradshaw won with the same team in all four, bro. Stallworth and, and, uh, and Swan were on each sides, and they had – uh, um, Blyer and they had uh, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Franco Harris, and they had um, there was one more running back there. Fra Frenchie Fuqua helped out a little bit. They and that defense, that that the 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 Steelers steel curtain defense was one of those generational defenses. 
uh, the steel curtain defense was going to give you a chance at winning any and every game. That's what the steel curtain defense does. Okay. Uh, let's see. Kyle Shanahan should have run Jordan Mason when McCaffrey looked beat up. Uh, how dare you? Dan Marino can speak in cursive if he wants to. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are a trip. All right. Let me see. Uh, let's get to our 3A graphics sports calendar and the great Alan Blanco. 786-618-1443 for 3A graphics. And last uh, tonight, that is, I'm sorry, 8 o'clock, Heat and Bucks. Bucks are favored by 8. The over and under is 222 and a half. No Jimmy, no Terry, and no Jay Rich. And Duncan Robinson is questionable. Uh, Wednesday, it'll be the Panthers back in action, visiting the Penguins at 7.30. Thursday, FAU back in action, hosting Temple, 7 o'clock. Wednesday, UM men's basketball taking on Clemson. Saturday, NSU at Palm Beach Atlantic. And that'll be at 4 p.m. Uh, let's see. What else do we have going on? Uh, uh, what else do we have? Mike McDaniel, Kyle. Sh oh, yeah. Uh, what else? We got we talked to Ira, we talked to Cam, we talked to Manny. By the way, I haven't checked the I haven't checked the um the market in a bit here. A little bit of a dip after the explosion yesterday. Bitcoin up a little bit, 48567. So trying to get back to 49. Still down from yesterday at 50, but you know how it goes. A little dip, and then we go back up again. I would imagine that this is coming because the markets are still, oh, yeah, the markets are bad. Dow Jones is really down 457 points. The S&P is down almost 59 points. The NASDAQ is down just over a point. So bad market. So we've got a uh, – a, uh, Bad uh, deal going on today. Really bad in the stock market. Not so bad on the crypto side. On the crypto side, it's just a, a minor hit. Let's see what else. By the way, Neutron is up 21%. It's up to $1.42. So those of you that picked up Neutron in the last two weeks at $1.02, $1.05, $1.06, $1.09, $1.10, $1.15, $1. those were all great buying zones. It's up to $1.41. Okay, so those of you are doing you're doing the neutron dance right now. If you got kryptonite as low as four cents and four point two and four point five, four point six, like yours truly, it's now over six cents. It's at almost six and a half cents. It's up eight point four two, and that's still down because it was at one point at almost seven cents at six nine. So it's gone down half a penny, but uh it's been a nice bounce back overall, which is beautiful. By the way, Aletheia uh, was under two pennies at a 1.9, 2.1. Now it's at two and a half. So it is starting to move a little bit. That's one of our uh, 
one of our um, long plays and a little bit more of a, a gamble. Ocala Joe giving us some love. Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo, Ocala Joe. Thank you, sir, as always. Very kind of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see. What else do we have going on? Um, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And remember, you can also make a Bitcoin donation. Love that. All right, all right. By the way, Solana, man, bounced back strong up to $109. It's down just a little under 1%, but it uh, had a nice jump back up to $109. Nice to see. Nice to see. All right. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, I told you I started watching Grisella on Netflix. Have you seen that yet, uh, Sean? Did you like it? Entertaining, right? Not a, I'm not going to call it like, oh my God, it's incredibly written and you got to go check it out and all that. And, you know. Uh, and it's kind of fun for us that know old Miami. So maybe you can use some of those things and compare it to how it used to look, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, I'm not going to, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of shows out there that you'd rather watch. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's entertaining. Okay. I'll give you that. Entertaining. I can go with that. I can live with that. Tyreek is no Dion. No, he's not. There's only one Dion Sanders. And they're hard to make, man. They're hard to make. It's uh, it's kind of like a, a Mahomes. You get one, you just, you know, we had one. We had a Marino. We just didn't build around him the way we should have. You know, and we love Shula to death. And he's awesome. And we would never change Shula for anybody. But unfortunately, we kind of mishandled that. And it doesn't matter what quarterback it is. If you don't build right around them, it's going to be hard to win. Uh, Ocala Joe says, Big O, I remember Montana was a master of dropping the ball off to the running back when they had Rice covered. Maybe McDaniel should look at those tapes. Yep. Um, whether it was Roger Craig or Tom Rathman, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. There was one more tight, one more fullback that I'm missing his name from that era because it wasn't Rathman all the way through. I want to say they developed another guy also that was part of that run, but I think they had two pass catching. By the way, the Niners continuing that, the Justin uh, Strelzlick or whatever that guy, that guy is a monster. What was it, Streslick or or Sturzlick or whatever the hell that guy's name is, dude? That guy, there's no fullback like him in football. That guy is awesome. 
I mean absolutely awesome. Can catch the ball, block the hell out of you, clutch, good athlete out in the open field. That's what San Fran had constantly. They had even a fullback that could catch the ball and was athletic out in the open field. That that's a that is a lost art, man. The pass catching fullback. Get get a Tony Page, get a Keith Byers, you know, guys that could give you a little blocking, and then they need to catch the ball, they can run, they can make some plays for you. You know, avalanche and chain link to the moon. Yes, sir. Good job by you, Lewis. Love both. Um, because Jimmy Johnson said Danny was special. That's the golden arm. Any angle, distance, even a soft touch. Yeah, so why did he want to get rid of him, Drago? Why, why did he make Dan's life impossible? Drago, please don't ever use Jimmy Johnson as any kind of complimentary side for Dan Marino. That asshole made his life impossible. Okay. At least Shula made honest mistakes, dude. He tried to get Davenport and he Sammy Smith and and he tried to get um uh Hugh Green and you know, you're hoping Eric Kumaro can be a real defensive end. And, you know, uh, and uh, was the other uh, Kumaro, was the other guy, uh, Boza? I mean, you know, these were honest, well-intentioned mistakes. Okay? Right? And I got to live with it, but I can respect that. But when you purposely trade away Irving Fryer, and you use the guise of salary cap when you have a rich-ass owner that doesn't give a shit about that stuff. And he'll pay whatever he has to pay and whatever and extend and whatever. And, you know, Irving Fryer goes on to have two Pro Bowl seasons for the Eagles after he leaves Miami. And he gets rid of his pass-catching backs and a running back in Kirby and a fullback in Byers. And he takes away the the audibles from him and he gives them a check with me system check with me is the play called or the one other play that's option of that that's it nothing else from the playbook even if marino sees something he can take advantage of he can't call it please drago you must be young as hell and did not live the era anything that jimmy johnson ever says positive about dan marino is a flat out lie okay he's being liar the first thing he wanted to do was get rid of marino when he got there i'm not sure you know your history when it comes to the miami dolphins but i certainly do okay please don't ever use jimmy johnson as any kind of compliment to dan marino all right it, it He's not worthy of talking of Dan Marino, Jimmy Johnson. Okay? He's not worthy of it. All right? All that guy ever did was crap for Marino. In fact, in hindsight, I wish Marino would have been traded instead. Because I lived it. I covered those four years with Jimmy Johnson. 
I watched the tension in that locker room. I watched Marino's face and his frustrations with everything that was going on. And Dan Marino did not deserve a goddamn bit of that. So don't ever mention Jimmy Johnson in a complimentary fashion with Dan Marino ever again on this show. Okay. Uh, let's see. My biggest offseason worry is re-signing our offensive line. Yeah, I don't have that worry. Uh, Stephen Harris, good afternoon. Big O and Sean just tuned in. How's your recovery going? Hanging in there, man. Less knee pain today than I've had in the past. So, I mean, yesterday, less knee pain. We'll see how today goes. So far, it's not too bad. Um, so there you go. Um, Dow down people taking their profits from yesterday's record close. That could be Drago. There you could be right on the Jimmy Johnson stuff. Way off. Uh, San Fran fullbacks, Rathman, Floyd, Willard. Wow. Okay. Uh, Floyd was the one. He's a FSU Seminole, wasn't he? I want to say. Santana and the Counting Crows. So they're touring, huh? Hard Rock, Friday, June 14th. The Offspring, May 9th at the Hard Rock. I probably will not go to that one. Uh, all right, let me see what else do we have going on. All right, let's uh, give you, uh, I did give you already some music, but I'll give you a little bit more in music history. Uh, we had a lot of music uh, news today with some uh, touring. 1970 on this date, Black Sabbath released their self-titled debut album in the UK. In 1972 on this date, Led Zeppelin had to scrap their concert in Singapore because officials wouldn't let them off the plane because their hair was too long. In 82, the 300-pound marble gravestone marking Leonard Skinner's singer Ronnie Van Zant's final resting uh, place was stolen from Orange Park, Florida. Only Florida. Uh, police found it two weeks later in a dry riverbed. So you steal it and you put it in a dry riverbed? What, you just did it out of hate or something? Like, wouldn't you just put it in your bar? Try to get away with it as long as you can. I mean, if you're going to steal it. In 74, David Bowie turned down an offer to compose the world's first gay national anthem. I never knew that. In 2004, Led Zeppelin were awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys. Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and Jason Bonham attended, but singer Robert Plant was too busy working on an album and tour and didn't make it. He He's so anti-Zeppelin. It's hilarious. Like, dude, whatever you do with Alison Krauss is fine. Whatever. If, they, if people want to enjoy that kind of music, great. What still makes you is Led Zeppelin. He, he doesn't even play his solo stuff, which I freaking love, dude. Okay? I love his solo stuff. Anyway, let's go with birthdays today. Jerry Springer. Was born in the state of 44. We lost him in 2023. Neil McDonough, 
Actor is 58. Robbie Williams, pop singer, is 50. Uh, Randy Moss, 47 years old today. Um, so many YouTube stars and TikTok stars that I have no idea who the hell they are. Memphis Depay, soccer player, is 30 years old. Sydney Chandler, TV actress, 28. Kelly Hu, movie actress. She is 56. Kelly Hu was in um, Nash Bridges, if I remember correctly. Peter Gabriel is 74 years old. Mina Suvari, movie actress, is 45. Ian Reed Kessler, TV actor, 47. Mike Krzyzewski, 77. Henry Rollins. Singer, punk singer, I should put. Black Flag, 63 years old. Stalker Channing, she is 80 years old. Rizzo. There you go. And we told you about the ACDC tour, right? The Power Up tour. So we got that going on. And Brett Michaels, by the way, is uh, touring again. The Party Gras is going to hit the road once again. So if you're interested in uh, in some Party Gras, um, you'll be able to check out the Party Gras. And this year, the Party Gras kicks Party Gras kicks off July 12th in Noble, Noblesville, Indiana, and joining Poison will be. Foreigner frontman Lou Graham doesn't have it anymore. Just so you'll know. Ex-Eagles guitarist Don Feldler. All right. Twisted Sister frontman D. Snyder. He still sounds good. His last solo album is excellent. I jam it still to this day. Along with country singer Chris Jansen, who Michaels joined on an episode of CMT Crossroads. So check it out. And let me see for the dates. Nothing in Florida yet, okay? Indiana, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Jersey, and New Hampshire. Those are the dates for the Potty Gras. Something that I know uh, Sean Stanley will be attending, the Potty Gras. He's, you know, he likes to party all the time. It's kind of what he does. It's his thing. It's a, it's a skill set that he has. By the way, I'm loving Ethereum over 2,600. The Jets will be wearing new uniforms in 2024. They announced on social media the team will be unveiling new uniforms, although it won't be entirely a new look. The team wore alternate white jerseys that were a throwback to their uniforms in the 80s and 90s on opening night against the Bills on their occasion last season, and they'll be making a primary look for this season. The team announced they will be revealing a green and black uniform to accompany the white ones in April. If everything goes well for the Jets, then the new look is accompanied by more success than the team experienced during the 2023 campaign. So are they going to be Aaron Rodgers influenced? 
Because that's, you know, black they're including. So are they all going into a uh, darkness retreat? Is that what it is? Are those the darkness retreat inspired uniforms? Is that what we're doing? Because te technically the Jets have been in a darkness retreat for half a century. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they try to be relevant. They buy their way to being relevant, but they don't necessarily win their way to being relevant. So we'll see if they can do it this year. If the old man can stay healthy, which I, you're going to take a chance on a 40 year old man that you already paid, by the way, uh, coming back from an Achilles injury. Good luck with that one. Darkness retreats, uh, jerseys by uh by the new york jets gotta love that doesn't matter what you got what you guys try fellas it's not gonna work big old brent jones was a good tight end in the 49ers yes he was after dwight clark brent jones was excellent yes damn right is there a new uniform of mixed dark trash bag yeah well it's kind of like a maybe hefty will be sponsors of it i like that Oh, the Jets are wearing black because they are mourning having their shitty owner. <laughs> uh, even worse, they're getting their jerseys from Timu. <laughs> uh, oh, the Jets. The Jets, the Jets. Speaking of sucking, the Marlins continue to suck, right? You saw the the, the whole Jorge Soler thing? He signs a, a three-year, $42 million deal. Now, remember, he opted out here because they were paying him $9 million a year. He had a down year, so they got him in a, a bargain. They got him on a multi-year deal. So he gave him a couple of years, belted some home runs, turned his career around, and now he's going to get paid. But it, it's funny how being a Marlins fan, you know what to expect. The cheapness is always there. You're never really trying to build a winner. You're always trying to circumvent. You're always trying to just cash in on luxury tax from others. There's just no commitment to winning whatsoever. I, I, I get it that they must be just making money. And the model that they're at right now, they must be making money and they must be happy with clearing a few million bucks. And they're good with that. And, and please don't start with the Jorge Mas stuff and all right. The Mas brothers are done. They bought their soccer team. They're done. I think in hindsight now, they wouldn't buy baseball. I don't think so. The amount of money that they would have to put into baseball in order to make it, like, credible here is hundreds and hundreds of millions and then a lot of patience and wait. You got to do what the Panthers have done. That's not easy. The Panthers have been committed ownership for now 10 years, close to it. And that's what's turned it around. Sherman doesn't have the money and never going to make that kind of commitment. I think the Moss brothers are going to benefit big time from going soccer. It ends up becoming a blessing in disguise. They will make a hell of a lot more here. A hell of a lot more because the value of this team is going to soar. It cannot soar in baseball. It can go up but it will soar in soccer because it's so new. And you continue to bring great players. Like I had some guy 
oh, well, Messi's gone. Nobody will go to the stadium. I'm like, bro, you're an idiot. And apparently he's a soccer fan. I'm like, you probably hate soccer or whatever, but they'll continue to bring stars and they'll fill up the stadium. You know, we're, we're loaded with Central and South Americans in our, in, our, in our neighborhoods all over the place. The people that come from soccer countries are also having soccer kids. All the producers that were growing up in radio, they're all like soccer kids because their parents are from soccer nations. Soccer is going to be a monster in our town and especially with the Moss brothers. When Hamilton and Ray Hudson took over and they spent and brought talent, we loaded up. We, got, we, we started turning it all around. You brought Messi and the place is jam-packed. And you'll bring another star after that and another star. And Moss brothers aren't stupid. They're going to spend money. They know you got to need, you got to spend some money to then really bring in the money. And that's how we are in this town. But that guy doesn't get it. And you think soccer is just going to go by the wayside after Messi? Will it be like Messi? No, because there's only one Messi. But you'll continue to bring stars and soccer fans will know them and will gravitate. So. Uh, I wish the Finns would go back to the old logo. Marino said it was better, but D Doubts Ross will change it. Yep. I had a rant on it a couple days ago, Gordon, last week. You may want to listen to it. Big O got on the lunch break. At least one great thing of Miami Dolphins, the most of all time commercials, QB Dan Marino. Yes, sir. Big O, not trying to be funny, but I think Browns should change their name to the Cleveland Predators and Watson as their mascot. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. I like that. Oh, man. Don't forget, folks, Perdomo Cigars, a proud sponsor of the program. And we've got Perdomo lounges everywhere in Alabama, in Hoover, Alabama, at Cigars and More, Patton Creek, in Trustville, Alabama, the Trustville Cigar Company, in Haram, Georgia, DD and Company. In Steamburg, New York, the Smoking Bear Cigars. In Texas, San Antonio, Texas, Club Humidor in Thousand Oaks. And if you haven't been to the Perdomo factory here in Miami, where millions of cigars are stored, and they got a beautiful humidor where they sell all Perdomo cigars, 5150 Northwest, 167th Street, beautiful lounge. You can enjoy a smoke and then, you know, just appreciate the collection there you might see nick perdomo nick jr you could take a picture with them usually they're hanging around they're always good people man so check it out perdomocigars.com great people as always great sponsors of our program and our platform really appreciate it big o hear me out as there's only one messy there's only one sean stanley amen to that the guy who said Messi won't bring stars or crowd probably. No, no, no. He said that the, the crowds won't come after Messi's gone. And I tell him bullshit. Because once you start winning and then you keep bringing in great players, though, you'll continue. Will it be Messi craze? No, because there's only one Messi. You know what I mean? But there'll be other great players that you can bring. And you're not going to stop those guys. I, I've been around Jorge Mas. Okay, I've watched those guys in in action. They will not be denied. It will not happen. Okay, they can make their mistakes. They can do whatever you want. 
But as I told everybody from the get-go, they will win. They will win when it's all said and done. And this is the season now. You know, hopefully you don't burn these guys out like you did last year. You know, you're going to need to pace people. They're human beings. True Fin Fan says the rant on Ross was awesome and perfect. I suggest listening to it. Big O nailed it. Thank you, sir. It's out there. Sean made a uh, segment of it. You can enjoy it. Core CPI lowered to 3.1%. It wasn't it was at 6.4 in January of 2023. They brought it way down, although I still don't believe they'll get it to the 2%. We shall see. We got the halving coming. We got about three rate cuts probably starting in June for the first one. It's going to be an explosive year in the crypto and stock markets. If you're an investor, uh, enjoy. Some explosive stuff is coming. Just make sure you get off the gravy train at the right time. Whatever your right time is. But once you got the gravy, cash it in. Okay? Because when everything then resets, especially altcoins, I don't think uh, Bitcoin is going to take that monster hit that it that's done in the past because institutional money is in. But altcoins will take a major hit. And so will, so will stocks. So... Sometime in 2025 will be a time to get off the gravy train. I think it's after the first quarter from April 1st till about November of 2025. That's the window of exit. I don't know when, but I think it's going to be around there. You really can't forecast this kind of stuff. But I think leading up to the election, it'll be so explosive. So after the election, then... Things will normalize and retrace, and then, uh, you know, life will change. So make sure you have an exit plan. It's very important. You can make your investments and be confident in them, but make sure you have an exit plan and get out in time. Okay? Big O got a foot of snow here in Connecticut, but listening to it while I work. Thank you, my brother. Hang in there, man. And thank God for South Florida because, wow, I definitely don't want to live up north and deal with all that snow on a consistent basis. Let me see if there's uh, any news. Oh, by the way, how about the ratings of the Super Bowl? The telecast reached 123.4 million average on all platforms. That's a 7% increase from 115.1 million last year. More than 200 million people watched the game and there's 340 million americans that's that's impressive dude the swifties brought it big time i i uh i even watched it yesterday excuse me my uh my wife um my wife goes oh hit that a second and it was four and a half minutes on youtube of Taylor Swift highlights in the Super Bowl. So every time there was a cutaway to stay, Taylor arriving at the game, at the game, in the suite, after the game, whatever, it was all those. And it was like four and a half minutes of just Taylor. And it'll be really interesting if the Chiefs don't make it to the Super Bowl next year. Okay. 
what kind of ratings you get with a non-Chiefs Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Because you lose the Mahomes element, right? And you lose then the Taylor Swift element to it, right? So that's kind of crazy. And You know, most of us that are follow sports, I don't care. You know, I get a bunch of you idiots out there going crazy with, with it politically or whatever, whatever, just the kind of stupid shit that goes on nowadays. To me, it's just two people in love and all that. But I am amazed at the power of her fan base. Wow. That is, that's, that's impressive, dude. That's impressive that she can get her fan base who some of them probably weren't watching in the first place. And they're now religiously watching how their regular season numbers or playoff numbers and the Super Bowl numbers just go to another level. That's uh, that's impressive. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big O, how many people see the issue being McDaniel as much as you do and I do percentage-wise? I don't think it's a large percentage. But then again, um, they all thought it was Tua and nobody thought it was Flo. And who was the only one saying it was Flo in the coaching staff? Who was the only media member who was saying, uh-uh, this is all on flow. He doesn't like Tua. He didn't want him to. He's, you know, basically going at, against him. And, you know, I was told I was crazy. There's no way. This and that. And then I followed up with, well, you'll see him get fired now during this streak. You know, uh, oh, they're winning. How can he get fired? Okay, man. So I, uh, I, I tend to do this all the time, true fan fan. I tend to do this all the time. And I hit on something and I see something that a lot of people don't see. And then eventually you'll see it. And it, everything that I said about Flo was kind of what I was saying about Philbin. He can't build a staff. He didn't want Tua. So this is going to be counterproductive. And then Mike McDaniel supporting Tua and then you've got a different Tua. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get Jimmy Johnson with Marino. Or Don Shula with Marino. Completely different Dan Marino. Has nothing. It's not the player. It's the environment around them. You know? So a lot of people now are probably swinging over with me. Right? Because, oh, you're crazy, oh. Bam is a franchise player. And in fact, what this season has done is actually cement the fact that he's not. Cement the fact that he's not a superstar. Like some of you think he is. Oh, but he rebounds and he defends and he sets picks. And he does that so well. And it's not as important in today's NBA, bro. It's important, but it's really more important to impose your offensive will in today's NBA. So it's kind of what I do all the time. That I kind of look at things a little differently than others. And then as time goes on, you eventually see it. You know? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, McDaniel will get an opportunity to, uh, to see if he can improve, you know, but the people that have, you know, the, the, the dislike or disbelief of Tua, that's not going to change. And because they were wrong, now they need to grab on anything. 
and hang on for dear life. That's what you do nowadays. You don't admit you're wrong. No, 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 no. You double down on what's wrong or who's wrong. And, you know, instead of you looking bad, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have picked this team or that person or support this candidate or whatever. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm wrong. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I can't do that. That would make me look really bad if I say I'm wrong. You know, so uh, a lot of people have a problem with admitting that they're wrong. That's kind of the, the issue here, you know. So we will just have to go through it all. And eventually, Tua will, you know, win it out. And then those people will disappear and all of that. And we'll see if McDaniel's still around to make it happen. Uh, I'm just jealous the Swifties witnessed more success with their team now than I have with the Dolphins over the last 25 years. Well, then we need somebody to steal Taylor from Kelsey. Luis Benito says, Bam is a role player. You were right. His attitude, no, 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 no. He's a super role player. He's a little special than, his, than a role player, you know. Big O, you're never wrong. Just correct challenged. <laughs> Jalen Brown had to get had to get put on his ass. You know. There's no there's no posy. There's no UD. You know, there's no Keith Askins on this team. There's no Anthony Mason. You know, there's no PJ Brown on this team. You know, we, we used to have. You know, guys that played with an edge, some bitches. We used to have those guys. Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway. While Tim Hardaway wasn't this defensive monster, he learned to take charges, right? He learned to get in passing lanes, something that I think Timmy never gets enough credit for. That's where he would pick up his steals in the passing lanes. But Timmy was a son of a bitch on offense. He brought the attitude on offense. So at least, okay, James Posey can hit a three and D, right? And Keith Askins can hit a three and D, right? But Timmy Hardaway brought a little spunk to his defense, not much, but a little bit, but his spunk came from his offense because he was fearless. Biggest shot in the game, Tim Hardaway didn't have a problem taking it and making it. We and you're gonna foul Tim dirty. That little guy is gonna come after you, bro. <laughs> He's not gonna sit there and just let you take a cheap shot at him. Uh, this heat team is a passive team, you know. This this is uh, uh, some of you need to go rewind and listen to the beginning of the show, okay. You can hear a heat rant that nobody will give you in this town because nobody sees it the same way I do, you know? But eventually, when you start looking at what I explained, you're going to go, hard to argue that. And it's the BAM thing. Hard to argue with me on the super role player. He's no franchise player, and he's no superstar. Never has been, never will be. 
He can have a seven up, just can't have the slogan. Big O, I have $5 for every fan that doesn't admit that they were wrong about Tua on being steak dinners in every meal. Amen. Bam smiling after getting swept 4-0 by Celtics, hugging Tatum, kissing his ring, didn't sit with well, Yeah, because Bam doesn't have son of a bitch in him. Just doesn't, bro. It's not who he is. It's not how he's made. Certain people are made that way. You think, you think, um, God, what's his name? The Kentucky guy who played for us. He was kind of passive, Sean. What's his name? He was in Dallas. He fought with, uh, with Jason Kidd and the other guy over a girl and, um, with an M, the last name. He passed, oh, God. Mashburn, Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn, okay? Jamal Mashburn, and, and Luis Benito, thank you. You think Jamal Mashburn had a nasty streak in him? Now, you, he was surrounded by a bunch of other people that were nasty. Problem is, you have too many Jamalburns. Duncan Robinson, Jamal Mashburn. Bam out of bio, Jamal Mashburn. Tyler, Tyler Hero, jump. God, Jamal Mashburn's tougher than Tyler Hero. You know, that's your problem. You have too many Jamal Mashburns. You know, that's not how it used to be. And there's there's your issue. You don't have you don't have enough stars. You only have one star on the team. Okay. As I told Ira earlier. Stars can turn it on and turn it off whenever they want. Stars can impose their offensive will whenever they want. Can Bam ever do that? Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. Because you watch Jimmy Butler do it all the time. Oh, Jimmy wants to play today. Oh, Jimmy doesn't want to play today. But how come it is that he can do it whenever he wants? Oh, he's a star. That's what it is. It's not know that he's having a hot night tonight. That's where some of you mistaken, oh, Bam uh, had a decent night offensively with you imposing your will and something that he cannot do. He cannot impose his offensive will ever. Ever. So listen to the beginning of the show. We explain it thoroughly. So that's my uh, that's my drug, my brother. I usually see the shit that other people don't see. And then eventually it comes to light. It's kind of gone that way for me for 30-some years. It's been fun that way. Even Alan Og, bro, Alan Og was tough. Alan Og was, rest in peace, Alan. Alan was just kind of goofy. You know, that's all. Because he was so tall and lanky hard for him by the way you can tell i feel better today three hours in i did not feel well yesterday i had such a rough weekend slept better yesterday i mean this well yesterday afternoon after the show and then uh last night so it's getting better for me now and i appreciate all the well wishes out there thank you thank you thank you for all the support 
out there as always. We thank, of course, Ira Winderman, Cameron Wolf, Manny Navarro, and the great Sean Stanley, as always. He masters and uh, controls this show every single day. Catch him tonight at 8 o'clock. He'll be double-dipping with the Squared Circle Digest. Hang in there, crypto fans, as uh, Bitcoin is uh, rallying. See that? See that? See that? Getting back to 49. We'll get back to 50 and we'll get back to 50 and nothing. Uh, now, as for the markets, that's eh, all different ball game. The market is down five. Oh, wait a minute. Market is down 515 points. You can't see it, huh? 515 points. Crypto has, especially Bitcoin, has decoupled. So you're going to watch people leave the stock market and go to the crypto market because that's the digital stock market that's coming. That's the internet. That's the safe internet that's coming. That's where you're going to pay all your bills. That's where you're going to do all your business. That's where you're going to do a lot of your work. All of it. Blockchain, Web3, NFTs, DeFi, you name it. Bitcoin, everything, you know, Amazon is on Avalanche. So when you're on Amazon, you're going to eventually be on Avalanche on the blockchain. You know, it's what people don't understand. You know, they think it's some game. They think it's forget the meme coins and the NFTs. Okay. That's a whole different ball game. That's just a side story that has nothing to do with the real business that's coming. So I keep telling you, I told you when it was 16, told you when it was 20, told you when it was 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, and I'm not going to stop. And I'll tell you when it's 65 and 80 and when it's 80,000 and 100,000, that's when a lot of you will start to force yourselves to believe because now you're going to want to say, wow, it's coming. Your entire life is on the Internet and you didn't believe in the Internet years ago. You young people, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Same shit is happening all over again. Cell phones are not going to happen. We're not flying to the moon. The internet is bogus. Credit cards. People were laughing at credit cards. They said it was going to go out right away when it first came out. How are we doing? Six to sixties in credit cards. How are we doing with credit cards? We, we can't add enough, huh? Yeah. So... I'm just saying, take the time, folks. Do your own homework. Look at what's going on. Look what's developing. Don't listen to a lot of the people out there that keep you stupid because they want to keep you stupid, especially now that the institutional money's coming in. Oh, baby, Jamie Dimon definitely wants to keep you stupid. I, I, I have been the good soldier for you guys for three years now. And lots of you are in the green with me. You know what I mean? By the way, 95% of all Bitcoin is in the green. Hmm. 95% of all Bitcoin is in the green. Why do you think they're, they're going to add it to all portfolios now? Why do you think all these investment firms are telling everybody, 1%, 2%, 1 to 3%, 3% to 5%. You know why? Because all these people that sell and put these portfolios together, 
guess what they're realizing? The best commodity in the world for the last 10 years has been Bitcoin. So if I force all my clients to add Bitcoin to their portfolios, it will improve their portfolios every year and I will look like a genius. When it's really not about genius, it's just about common sense. It's all you got to look at. So, okay. Just want to tell you, I've given you this speech many times in three years. Many, 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 many times. What's coming? What's developing right in front of you? Instead of looking at it like some game or something stupid or something that's not real. Oh, my Lord, it is very real. And it's going to be very, a very real part of your life. Every bit of you, unless you live in some mountains and you live off the grid and you cook all your food and kill all your food and you don't watch any television. And, you know, that if you're that person, then crypto will have nothing to do with you. Outside of that, it will affect everyone else in the world. And everyone will be on the blockchain. The decoupling has been happening for a while. It's up to you now. Uh, let's see. That's why I laugh when Celtics and Knicks fans were calling Bam dirty last year when Bam is the least aggressive player on the Heat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is true. Try and avoid dairy. Milk makes us tired, sleepy, arthritis, and 65% of humans are lactose intolerant. Dude, I still need, I don't drink a lot of milk, but I still have a little milk when I have my cereal. And by what I mean by a little milk, one of the things that I use, I have a collection of, have like, I don't know, eight or 10 of them is uh, Flanagan's cups. You know, the green cups. I actually got a couple pink ones too that I've collected along the way. So I, I've got a Flanagan's really close to my house on Kendall Drive and 127th. I go there all the time with the wife. We love, we love Flanagan's food. They, they do a great job. And, um, and usually you get to take one of those cups home those cups. That's my cereal cup. Those cups I have stacked there, I just pull one out and then I put about that much milk in it. So it's not really a lot, but I got to have my cereal with milk. I do have it dry. You know, I eat my frosted flakes, my corn pops, my captain crunch. What's in my rotation once in a while, I'll get apple jacks. I, I just get that feeling for apple jacks kind of like i gotta get it and I, I do get apple jacks once in a while not not a lot but i do get it every once in a while what's the other one i use quisp love quisp i gotta order it through amazon it's really expensive um well i used to have in the rotation cookie crisp vanilla that was my favorite chocolate chip is pretty good but I don't really, it's all right. I don't even get it. You know, that was never in my regular rotation. I've tried it. It's all right. But the vanilla one, they eliminated it. Figures my luck. The one I loved years, decades ago, they eliminated that. But those are kind of the ones in my rotation. On this day in 78, Dire Straits started recording their first album, which included the hit Sultans of Swing. I like it. Cocoa water is cocoa water is amazing. It is so healthy for you. Tastes like shit, 
but it's healthy. My dad would drink it religiously. That's where I picked it up. I had a sponsor that helped me lose weight because cocoa water can help you lose weight too, by the way. Coconut water is, the benefits of coconut water are ridiculous. Like in World War, I think it was one or two, they, they were running low on blood. And apparently they use coconut water with the blood to kind of keep troops alive. Or it's some crazy story like that. Let me see. Let me see if I can look it up. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, let's see. Here we go. NPR. Hydration is something we're inclined to worry about. Risk Doctors, okay. Some companies allege that doctors prefer even coconut water to other solutions when treating dehydration. Okay, here we go. Um, coconut water was reportedly given intravenously to people during World War II when regular IV saline solutions were in short supply. And one tiny study of just one person noted that it had been used successfully on a man in an emergency situation in the Solomon Islands when nothing else was available. But would you really want coconut IV if you got seriously dehydrated? Shots called up some doctors to get their take on whether they'd give coconut water to patients, either intravenously or by mouth. First, we spoke with Mark Graver. I like this a professor of clinical emergency and medicine at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. Graber says that coconut water really isn't much like blood plasma, but and if patients came into his ER dehydrated, he wouldn't reach for it. It's not optimal IV solution for rehydration because it doesn't have enough sodium content to stay in the bloodstream, and it could elevate calcium and potassium, which could be dangerous. As a sports drink, Graber says coconut water is fine, but the data on other clinical uses is weak and scant, he says. But while coconut water isn't, isn't a safe alternative for an IV, some doctors are recommending it to patients as soon as oral rehydration therapy. So there you go. So whether it happened in World War II or not, I don't know. Maybe it did, and it worked for that person that moment. Every, every, I, I say this all the time. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but one thing I've learned is everybody's DNA is different, right? One dude can smoke cigarettes and die at 35 from lung cancer. Another guy smokes it and he lives to 108 and dies of old age. And you're like, how is Keith Richards still alive? You know what I'm saying? So every DNA is different. I guarantee you there's no way I'm alive if I chose the path of Keith Richards or Ozzy Osbourne. No way I'm alive. So, you know, um, COVID. Some people will lose taste for two years. Some people will die. Some people, it's like a cold. DNAs are all different. So maybe it worked in World War II. I don't know. Who knows? crazier shit I've seen.
I, I, I told you the story of the, the, the five warts, right? Explain that one to me. Nobody can explain that one to me. I still can't do it. You have to try Coco Viva, the white box, not the blue box, the pressed coconut water. Why? It tastes better? They made coconut water, well, then it's not good, right? Because is it like the true coconut water? Because true coconut water tastes like my dad would stop constantly. We'd be cruising, right? And he'd see those people selling the coconuts that are iced, like legit coconut. Then you go and then they chop, you know, get the machete out, slice off the top, punch a hole in it, and give you put a straw, and there you go. That's it. You were drinking coconut water direct. That's how I first tried it, and it tastes like shit. Dude, you have to develop like a um, what's that called? Uh, a um, what's that word I'm looking for? Um, it's uh, oh god, I'm brain farted right now for that word that I'm looking for. But it's almost like you got to develop some kind of a, a a thing for it, you know. You force yourself to like it. Cheerios, anything with less sugar. I used to like Cheerios as a kid. Not anymore. I haven't had Cheerios in decades. This week in 88, Tiffany was at the top of the charts. I heard she made the hits, went on tour, decided she didn't like it, and went back to playing at bars and clubs. No, she didn't really have that much, so, you know. Keith Richards was actually healthy during the Civil War. Probably. Best coconut water in bottle is Zyko. Palette. Yes. Gordon, that's it. You got to adjust your palate to it. That's it. Basically. That would probably be, or an acquired taste. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy shit like that. But I remember hearing that coconut water World War II story and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in as always. Those of you, if you send in a super chat, thank you very much. Remember, you can always make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. Appreciate all of you out there. We'll uh, see you tomorrow. Same time, same place, same bat channel.